the college experience, top 10 linebackers and college football talk on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Las Vegas may be closed, but the MyBookie casino is open 24 seven. They're also home to the free $10,000 blackjack madness tournament. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. Once again, that's promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by DGen Madness. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament. The games will be streamed live with SGP commentary and betting lines from mybookie.ag. Over unders, odd even, first quarter totals, second quarter totals. Go to sportsgalingpodcast.com backslash contest for all the info. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. PropSwap is available in many states where there is no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and you will get a 100% deposit bonus for up to $100. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Yes, yes. Woo! Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Swinging Dantabase Dant, aka Pick Dundee. How are you, Mike? That's not a pick. This is a pick. Still yeah, horrible. Buddy. Still fucking horrible. It's all right. It's good. Right. <laughs> I think it's almost there. Well, I'm gonna. I should bring in an Australian friend to uh, to, to to see how we're doing. Remember, when we had that Australian friend at your house. One That's time? right. We we Passed brought out. We, we we met up. Where'd you meet him? Uh, at at on, on the boardwalk in Venice, getting drunk. Colby meets this guy on the boardwalk in Venice, getting drunk. Brings him over. <laughs> probably trying to hook up with him in my house. <laughs> uh, no, we get this guy drunk. Uh, he was like, "I'm excited to see this podcast." By the time we record, <laughs> he's already pissed asleep. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you're wondering who this other gentleman on the mic is, it is, well, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, a wheeling and dealing, former, former James Madison defensive back, current douchebag, give it up for Patty C in the place to be. hi Oh, woo. Yeah, buddy. There we go, Muddy. Muddy, buddy. There we go. Let me ask you this, Colby. What's that? Your trajectory as a sports announcer here or a sports uh, commentator, mm. right? Is your ultimate like goal? And I know it is. I already know the answer is yes here. To be the best human ever. Are you Are you going to be r- the Ric Flair of uh, huh. sports commentating? I mean, I, I like to think that I am, but I mean... <laughs> 
Look, in my head, I'm always like Ric Flair. Right. All right. When I walk down the street, I, fe- I, I feel Rick like Flair. I'm Ric Flair. You, you know feel what like I mean? you have the f- gorgeous uh, yeah. platinum blonde. There's only hair. one guy who's better than me, and that's Ric Flair. That's actually Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe David Thompson. <laughs> yeah. He, but David Thompson and Flair both lived in Charlotte. That's true. They, there's there's a high there. chance. There's a high chance that they hung out at barbecues. <laughs> right? Uh, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, YouTube David Thompson rogue helicopter, helicopter pilot, pilot, and it's about the most entertaining thing you'll ever see in your life. Well, buddy, it's good to be back. It's good to be back talking. This is our top ten linebackers for college and pro. We're doing this list. If you're wondering, uh, we've we've done every position. Next up is linebackers, and then after this is uh, is defensive backs. Or if we're gonna single out safeties and corners, or what are we gonna do? Uh Defensive back. I said we just go D backs. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't know. There's enough content there that you could probably go both, but uh But the question is, is look, we're we're struggling. Well, I mean, look, we're not struggling. Me and you, we could talk about we we naturally have these conversations all the time. Nah. But normally we're thinking, hey, there's no sports. Or normally there's sports, so we we don't try to bore you with all this stuff. Even though I think some of you guys personally, I think you like it. Yeah, I, I don't think our goal is to straight up bore these people. Maybe, uh, maybe people will be happy to hear us be done with this segment once we're done, since we've fucking done this for like five or six straight. But you know what? It's important to recap, and I think that's what's going on in society. You see all these like shit popping up from like the '80s and '90s right now. It's because that's what everyone's having to do. They're having yeah. to go back and watch old sports. And it, dude, I'm, so I, 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 I will confess. Right now, I am watching the night the full. <laughs> God bless the internet. Yeah. The full 1984, 89 NFL season, right? I was still on week one. Amazing. I'm like, I'm a good 10 games in on week one. But every moment of that season is on the internet. It was on the internet. It's fucking fantastic. You basically can relive 1989 all over. Well, that's what's great. I was watching Bill's Dolphins. Yeah. And I had no idea who won this game. Yeah. And and the Bills went on the final play of the game. But I was sitting there like. First, there as a, your seat. Yeah, there was a couple blowouts, but I mean, uh, like Cardinals Lions, Barry's first ever game. Yeah, I don't remember who the fuck won that game. Yeah, so like that game, and the well, the Bills Dolphins especially because it was two powerhouses. Yeah, like you're just sitting there like, wow, this is a fucking nail biter here. Right, you know what I mean? Use this opportunity, folks, like the database here, and enrich your historical appreciation of the game that you watch every day. It's nothing if you're just. You know, I mean, yeah. it's great to see something for the first time, but it's also even better to understand its place in history. Exactly. And then you won't be talking out of your ass when we, when we have these discussions at a bar somewhere in the next couple of years. That's right. Um, now with that said, you know, if, if you are occupied with family and your kids watching the television, you can go to sports gambling podcast on Instagram. It's pretty entertaining. You're posting stupid shit all day. I put a lot of work into this thing. <laughs> it, it is some of the best clips on the internet. That's what I'm saying. He he deep dives for sure. So get yourself over to Sports Gambling Podcast on Instagram and enjoy several clips of old football, basketball, sports, oh, whatever. Yeah. We we just randomly came across a gem the other day watching uh, the highlights of the nineteen entire nineteen ninety four college yeah. football season. So fortunately, that's a little more condensed than watching every game start to finish. But it took about an hour. But we did find one nugget in there that yeah. Colby put up there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Washington, Oregon. Uh, another thing that was great about this experience before we before we touch on that is that I think 
see, when I first started to fall in love with college football, it was like 93, 94. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I liked it before, but that's when I f- watched like every fucking game. Yeah. Um, it was better. Watching these highlights, I went week by week. Some some genius on the internet put out the highlights for every single week of the college football season of 90, 93, 94, 95. Yeah. And I think maybe even after that. I haven't got there yet. Yeah. But um, it made me, re- made me remember like... And it made me also realize, you know, I, I know I always often say that I, I'm always like, hey, I like the old school way better. And that's true. Sure. I do. What made me a fan? Right. I can honestly Get say. Get off my lawn is yeah. what you're saying. I mean, look, that's, it is what it is. I'm just being real. Right. But I can tell you when I watched those highlights the other day, I think that's a much better college football world than the, the one we're currently living in. Right. Well, I'll push back and say that I'm sure that there was an element of uh, horse shit when you were watching it at the time based on some rule well, changes. Yeah, the, that, the Notre Dame, Florida state debate. Right. I mean, look, it was never perfect, but from a, from a, but what I'm wh- saying is uh, you're remembering fondly the good things and you've come to already accept the bad things that aren't bothering you. So maybe in the present moment, uh, you know, it's, it's as enjoyable as the old stuff was back then, but comparing the, two products side by side right now and being able to objectively say, here's what was happening in those games versus here's what's happening in these games. I kind of agree with you. The product was just better. Well, it it was, it was national. Yeah. Like the problem right now. And I think a lot of the problem has been with college football is the TV contracts within the networks. Yeah. Um, I mean, Texas pretty much blackmailed the big 12 black. Yeah. Um, to, you know, they are more powerful than every school in the big 12. Right. And that revenue that they get is, is not, it's, it's better than, you know, it's created big differences. The sec network has created the fact that now the sec makes so much more big 10 as well than the ACC and the PAC 12. And it's and, 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 and and it comes, it makes me think that especially after watching that documentary, the scheme, which you need to check out on HBO. Yeah. That they're a hundred percent playing their players. That's why you, I mean, dude, you look at the LA players. Yeah. I didn't grow up in Southern California, but I'm only mentioning it cause it's here. How the fuck are they going to all of these sec schools or Texas or it, it doesn't make sense. Right. 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 And, and I mean, conversely, Ohio state's getting people out of Florida. I mean, I think that as a whole players are going all over the country way more now, of course, because you know, exposure and whatever well, that, some of that has to do with the TV contract. Sure. But I also believe bags of cash are being, are being dropped well, absolutely. in. Yeah. And I think that, uh, when you see the consolidation of power, I mean, when it was back in like the 1950s, it was like, all right, there wasn't national recruiting. It was like word of mouth, local recruiting services, newspapers, whatever. Yeah. Like, and then you, a lot of guys would be missed on right now. If a, a dude's talented, it's the rarely is a dude that's like, a five-star level talent that no one knows about, you know? Uh, another thing is this though, like uh, I watched Nebraska, Missouri 97. Yeah. Uh, within this is how powerful college football is. And we can talk about this in a second too. Yeah. Um, the head coach of Missouri made $170,000 a year. That was 1997. Holy shit. So that's how much the television contracts right. have. Cause the school's got to get the money through the television. Right. They don't get it through ticket sales. Ticket sales are the same as it was then. If right. not, if not, it was a bit stronger then. Right. Yeah. Look no further than Rick Patino at Iona 
when you see the value of a fucking coach who can step in the door. There's got to be people getting paid. I guarantee yeah. you, he knows he has people on speed dial. That guy, Nike, be, yeah. he's got fucking who's and the Nike just, uh, yeah. CEO there? Uh, uh, Phil Knight. Yeah, he's probably got him on speed dial. Hey, start sending players to Iona. Well, that that's what's so compelling about this documentary. The scheme is that the FBI kind of backs off. It gets to a point now. The FBI did botch their investigation, uh, but at the same time, they had wiretaps with these coaches saying these things. Yeah, but they weren't going after those, or or if they were, they were told. Hey, somebody told them we can't attack them because everyone in college basketball, this is bigger than you realize the whole fucking scheme will get brought down. Like I, I think college athletics would have been brought down. No, let me put this in context a little bit. You're saying it was back in the nineties that they found out about this or no. more recently. No, no, no. This documentary was oh, talking the documentary, about the scheme. Will Wade at okay. LSU, okay. Bill self at Kansas, Sean Miller, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Patino at Louisville. Maybe a few other coaches. Yeah. Um, Pretty recent stuff. Yeah, all past two, three years. Yeah. But they have them on wiretaps, and it's fucking incriminating. It oh, is it is 100% guilty yeah. off these things. Watch yeah. the documentary, and they don't follow it up. They were only... It's almost like they backed off. Yeah. And it's like, why did they back off? I personally believe because they probably didn't realize that every fucking school is doing this. Yeah. In college basketball, I mean, not everyone, but I'm saying I don't right. think they realize the shit storm. And when you think about the the real players, the political like powerhouses yeah. that are in play here. Yeah. You're talking about the highest paid uh, Dude, you're talking state about, employee. Yeah. Governors, judges right. that are from Ohio State, that from are Texas, guys. from Alabama. Yeah. So I don't think people realize. If you're an FBI agent trying to make a case, right? Yeah. Sure, you have power, right? But when you're running against like top 50 most powerful people in the country and several of them, you know? Yeah. Well, another thing is the shot to the economy. I mean, look, college basketball, uh, it's like career suicide probably for yeah. the FBI. Yeah. Well, college basketball creates, it's one of the only sports that creates revenue. Uh, and it does a decent amount, but, but nothing compared to football. Football is like 95% of the revenue yeah. in college. I saw athletics. something, uh, an LSU post about like, uh, revenue brought in from the various programs. I want to say football, basketball, maybe one other made baseball. A I think profit. baseball makes like four hundred thousand dollars for them for LSU. Yeah. yeah, and then basketball was like two million yeah. total profit, and then football was like fifty six million. Yeah, that's that's their cash cow. That makes everything run there. Well, well, that's that, that's another element to all this. Um, I know we're getting sidetracked from your from our original discussion here. I think but, we're still on 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 track here a little bit. But but football's you know, a lot of football gets a bad rap through our society. I feel like the more that, oh, they're hitting and their football, oh, you know, like I feel like yeah, it can get a bad rap. More, more so now than ever. Sure. And uh, it's going to be funny to see how this thing plays out because football is the cash cow for colleges. Yeah. Let alone college athletics. A lot of it for actual colleges. Yeah. Um. So a place like Texas, I think people might realize that, Oh, we need football. Yeah. We, we really need, I mean, dude, I saw old dominion cancel their wrestling program. Yeah. Um, this is going to happen a lot, right? Especially with the jeopardy. If, if there's no football season, a which, lot of universities are going to be hurt up. It's going to be well. And where it makes it challenging is the, uh, the title nine. How so? women have to have the same amount of scholarships as men, but that's the reality of this is that women don't bring in any revenue. Sure. Women's sports. Right. Don't bring in any revenue. Yeah. Which creates quite the dilemma when you're cutting down programs. Yeah. 
That's true. So if you're gonna quit, if you're gonna cut the women's basketball team or women's water polo team, right? You're not gonna have as many scholarships then, right? You're gonna have to cut the basketball. Yeah. Team. <laughs> so it, it it's gonna be really interesting to see how this shakes down. Now I have some other things I want to talk about. Um, but first off, uh, hold on. What were you, what 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 was it? What got us into that? Uh, we're talking about. I don't know. Fucking lost track. They were talking about. I, I had a point that I was trying to make though about. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what started it. We'll circle back. <laughs> um, this is the college experience. Yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of which, what are we yeah, drinking cheers, here today? Buddy. Buddy? Nice little Modelo again, going with the gold, oh. the golden beer. That's right. It's classy as shit. Like Notre Dame's fucking helmet. That's right. Boom. You know you're dealing with beer royalty. We're gonna get them on the outside. We're gonna get them on the inside. We're gonna drink, 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 Pipe, drink. <laughs> Uh, uh, the Gipper over here. So check this out. We got, okay, here's another thing though. Yeah. I'm watching the whole 89 season. It's fantastic. I'm also diving into the college football, but yeah, that's the thing I was talking about across. I go back to 94 and I could see it all across the United States. Yeah. Like you had this, it was so much better because you had look Syracuse top 15 team. Yeah. You had Florida state, Florida, and Miami, all elite. UCLA was just top UCLA 15. UCLA was top 15. Washington was Washington was had swept Miami. Yeah, Washington uh, who won the title in 91. Yeah. And and they were top 5, top 7, you know, even Arizona was in there. Uh I mean when you think about that, we're stopping right there. Nebraska? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Nebraska. Colorado? How yeah. many teams from north of the Mason-Dixon line and I guess draw that across the rest of the country have won the national championship? In the last, oh, since the just BCS, Ohio State, right? since, since 98, when the BCS came in, just Ohio State, I'm pretty sure. Anyone else? Is Oklahoma above the Mason-Dixon line? Uh, I don't think so. I would consider them a Southern okay. kind of place. Um, Yeah. But you go back prior to that, though. Yeah. Washington was a contender. Michigan, obviously. Notre Dame. Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, Syracuse was, I mean, Syracuse had years in the top 10. Um, Penn State, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say Oregon's a contender above the Mason Dixon line now, but they haven't won yeah. the big one. Yeah. But no, it was just better though. It was spread out. It seems like talent was more spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I believe that like, yes. Okay. I know the sec is really good, right. right? You can tell I look, I talk shit on their scheduling all day, Yeah. but I can't deny the fact that they have the most players that are going to get drafted. Yeah. Right. So, so I, that, that's a fact. Well, they're, yeah. you know what it is, is that it's, they have made it, they've made it clear as day that it's about the money. Now they're going to water down the schedule, right? They're going to yeah. put themselves in play for the new year six and the huge money payouts and keep their brand, you know, on but that, the rise. But, but that also means when I, when I see the revenue is that big of a gap yeah, between some of the other conferences, right? If you're the, if you're the pac 12, we harp on this a lot. If you're the big 12, uh, if you're the big 10, why do you have nine? You're just basically, you're digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's already to the point where like, we already know Alabama, LSU, oh, Clemson, Clemson is a hundred percent in next year. And if there's a season, Georgia, yeah. two of those, if not three of those schools, those four schools are a lock for the fucking playoff, you know, two a lock. Yeah. Clemson's getting in and one of those three schools getting in. Maybe Auburn squeaks yeah. in or Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the Southeast 
in a very small See, that, pocket. That's an issue. Is though, probably getting like, three of the teams every fucking year for the foreseeable future. And these other conferences are sitting there and putting themselves at a disadvantage. Like, where's it? You're right. Where's a commissioner to fucking regulate this? I did see something that was encouraging, though. Uh, I think I was. I think I have it noted here. The uh, conference uh, uh, athletic directors. Eighty-six yeah. percent of athletic directors want a bigger playoff. Thank God. Yeah. Because I don't think people realize, even if you're a fan of the SEC, let's say you're a fan of SEC or a fan of Clemson. Yeah. You're thinking, why am I always, why is college experience always shitting on them? No, we're not shitting. Those are great teams. Those are great players. Yeah. LSU, I thought was the best team in the country. They I were number up, one in my database rankings the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up uh, kind of liking Clemson a little bit. I know you didn't like him as much, but yeah. I, I, I enjoy Clemson, you know, since they've gotten bigger. I enjoy them destroying Florida State now, like you yeah. said the other day. I enjoy them when they beat an SEC team. But I don't think they realize that you're you're hurting the sport from a global perspective. Yeah. Um not Clemson necessarily, but I'm saying that if you don't have difference. Yeah. Ohio State is the only team outside of that yeah. uh and even them, look, I'm going to say this like we've said it before and college sports are, and football is unfortunately not immune to this. Like the the media and like the hype it gets it has a little impact on the results of the game and if Ohio State was less of a pariah um and a more like team and like their story was more like in line with you know what would make a good national championship like I wanted I think people wanted to see Clemson back in the national championship they're the reigning thing so I think despite Ohio State outplaying them and being a better team yeah. Ohio State the, got fucked the, Clemson got they, the calls they get fucked on the calls you know there. and yeah. so like. If the, if people expect, I to hate see, Ohio state too. I had money on Clemson. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Fuck Ohio state. Yeah. But if people expect to see these teams from the Southeast in the national championship and some other team is threatening that, like the, the what's naturally going to happen is these teams from the Southeast are going to get pushed into the national championship. Well, I just think from a, from a country standpoint, even though yes, gambling will always be there. I don't, if you don't have a dog in the race, you're going to lose fans. Yeah. Lots of fans. Yeah. And I think that's already happening. I think it's already happening, you know? Right. So I, I think uh, expand. I'm glad to see 86% want to expand. Some of them, I, I think a good amount were even to 16, which, yeah. which was fucking awesome. I know you're hyped on that. Yeah. Well, it pisses me off though. Cause I, you know, I was going to save this for the next episode, but you know what? Let's Fuck just it. ride baby. Uh, this writer here, Barrett Sally, man, he's terrible. <laughs> Not your favorite guy, huh? This is what he says, man. This is his, uh, he goes, the reason for the college football playoff to expand, the only way it would pass is if commissioners get automatic bids for conference champions. Ge geography doesn't determine excellence, even in other sports. Judging the season by the landscape of the season itself is a good thing, especially for a sport that has 130 teams, which right there he's already a fucking moron because he wants four. He wants right. four, right? You have 130 teams. Yeah. You can't possibly in a 12-game <laughs> schedule... <laughs> Uh, determine who's in a subjective manner yeah. who's better. Yeah, but he then says subjective subjectivity is required and beneficial. Oh, beneficial. Oh, it's beneficial. Yeah. Since when? Yeah, that's fucking bullshit right there. Uh, then he says uh, an eight and four division champion. Which, by the way, I can't. I couldn't think of one since the in the new in the recent playoff uh, format, but. An eight and four division champion that springs an upset in a conference championship game doesn't deserve the same chance to win a national title as an undefeated team. I would argue that all day. I would argue that all day. Well, I don't know that I agree with you, Colby. Well, no, here's why I would argue that. Because okay. when you look at the difference in scheduling, 
Yeah. We point out USC. I don't like USC. I've never liked USC, but they schedule like absolute fucking maniacs. Right. They've never played an FCS team. Yeah. They could have four losses. All, all, and, and I, I would bet money that you could put other teams like Oklahoma who yeah. made the, the, well, the playoff played, last year. Well, uh, played Clemson a couple years ago down to the fucking wire. Pitt right? beat Clemson the year they won the national championship. Pitt was seven and five. They won at Clemson. Yeah. I do think that you do need to make the regular season count for something. And I think that uh, it's going to be hard to do it um, in an objective way when you have that. But the, I do think that when it's clear that you're just, I mean, if you really thought that like two teams definitively was not going to get the question answered, then why do you think four teams? 100% is enough. Yeah. No, it's fucking retarded. It, it look, and I look, I, I think it, it's fair to say like, okay, yeah, the regular season should count for something. Sure. You gotta have, I don't think a losing team should be in the fucking playoffs. Yeah. But I think if you're eight, like take Texas this past year, eight and four. Yeah. You could argue, actually, I think this is a fair statement that they played LSU better than any team in the country. Georgia, they played them better than Alabama. Yeah. They played them, played them better than Oklahoma. And they played better than Clemson. Yeah. I mean, it was a tie game with a minute and a half left. That's true. With yeah. a depleted backfield, se- with the depleted secondary. Texas, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm saying if they had their healthy That's players. That's true. They were beating Oklahoma yes. late. They took fucking And LSU. they got really hit with the injury bug. Yeah. My point here is that, look, I don't, I don't like Texas. I'm not a Texas homer. Yeah. I'm saying that certain issues can happen. If your quarterback's down, like I said, they had a depleted secondary against Joe Burrow in a, in a, in a fucking amazing offense. Yeah. So I think a rematch would be fucking great. That's true. And here, here's the other thing about this is that you're not giving them a chance to play in the BCS national championship. You're giving them the chance to play in a 16 team playoff yeah. where they're going to have to earn it at that point. Yeah. And if they earn it at that point, then they are worthy yes. of being in yes. that fucking position. But there's so much sub- uh, subjectivity schedule wise. I mean, dude, look, Alabama's incredibly talented. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. But they schedule hot garbage. Out of conference, hot garbage, and then they 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 even they ask, they have it break down really. They have really manipulated their yeah. schedule. Like it, it, when you think about it, Alabama's two hardest games, two most important games every single year. Every single year. I mean, you got a game like Georgia this year. Yeah, which uh, happens once every fifteen years, right? <laughs> but they draw them from the east. That really doesn't ultimately. If they drop that game, it doesn't impact their. Uh, chances to get into the playoff. They could go 11 and one yeah. win the sec and still get in hands down. No doubt about it. Right. USC game in another year and another time. That would have been a great, I can't blame no, that, Alabama. No, I, I, can't, well, I just don't like the neutral site. I right. just wish they would have tra- Yeah. But you can't blame that scheduling. I would never blame that schedule. Sure. And so, but that again, not necessarily the most impactful game on their schedule from a chance to breach the, the postseason and playoff. Uh, the two games, without a doubt, that are most impactful are LSU, LSU Auburn. and Auburn. Yeah. And every fucking year, for like the last decade, they've had a bye before LSU, uh, and then and F- essentially a, a bye FCS. before yeah Western Auburn. Carolina last year, three and eight, eighth in their own division in the FCS. Right, and that that isn't uh, the case for other. We we've done this many times. Look, it's frustrating as shit. They need to fucking expand the playoffs. And uh, you're right. The well, more that, that uh, the this happens year after year after year after year, the the power just continues to get more and more consolidated it, it, here's, into the here, southeast, and the game becomes less interesting from a national of course, standpoint. Of course, yeah. it, but here's the other thing: it is financially they're not thinking because they're gonna get way better. Tell you let the whole country in on this. There's a reason why March Madness kills it. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And that's basketball. Football, the country loves football more than basketball. Yeah. You are selling yourself short if you do. If you're only getting yeah. money from one quarter yes. of the country. Yes. It's, it's, it, but also, I think they're also selling, like, I, I think, you know, one of the common complaints is that, like, oh, well, an eight seed or a 16 seed would never be to one. I would, I guarantee you yeah. that would happen. It would. I guarantee you that would happen. Uh huh. Let a quarterback get injured. Yeah. Let us, let, let Tua get injured. Yeah. And then let them play UCF. Well, then, I think their perfect example was the year Clemson won it all. They lost to a seven to five pit team, but it was at Clemson. It wasn't at Pitt. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do want to talk about this. The Texas A&M athletic director uh, said he thinks that the, the NCAA could start a 13 game uh, schedule starting in October. Would, that would go into January. I find that interesting. Here's why I find it interesting is because you can never do a playoff because December. Yeah. Oh, the players need to go home. Yeah, but yet division—they have their academics to worry about. The 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 F, FCS and Division Two and Division Three can do it. Right. So you can take away their spring, and you can take away all this time in the fall and uh, winter. But that those two weeks between winter break, they're taking finals. Yeah, can't can't take that away from them. But look, I've been wanting this forever, though. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love football. Yeah. Uh. And I want it to arrive as soon as possible. I think when it starts in August and even in early September, it's, it, it's, it's, it's too hot. Yeah. Football is meant to be played in cold weather. Like when I, when the end, there's a reason why the NFL playoffs it's in January and yeah. you're sitting there watching these awesome games in the cold. I believe yeah. it's meant week to be zero is yeah. a little early. Well, I'm fine with it starting the weekend before I like this October thing. I think they should do it every year. You love cold weather. I do love cold weather too. It's fun, but I like to go to the games and enjoy them for a little bit too. I enjoy him. I, I was at Wazoo last year. It was cold as shit. I have no problem with college football's time time slot. Really? In the year. With global warming, I think it's going to become oh, more of an shut issue. shut the fuck <laughs> up. Um, no, seriously. Uh, I think October to... Because December, you, like Leach has said for forever, I don't understand why we give away the month to December to the NFL. Yeah. Especially because the game's on Saturday and the NFL are just yeah. never that entertaining anyway. Not Never yeah. like, you know, make your Saturday awesome. Dude, come on. This thing is going to be great though. Can you imagine seeing, you know, Minnesota as an outdoor stadium in the snow in December? That'd be beautiful. I would love it. Lots of snow football. Uh, at the same time, I do think they're going to be issues. I, I still am a skeptic on them having a football season. Um, yeah. That don't make me cry right now. Colby. I'll talk more of some of these other topics later, but dude, I'm watching this 89 season, the NFL season. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's fucking absolutely great. You saw my boy James Brooks going off uh, week one against the Chicago Bears. I did. I did, buddy. But I also did. Before we dive into our top 10 linebackers, we'll get to, actually, I'm going to read an ad. I'm going to read an ad. Then we'll, then I'll talk go. some shit to you. Uh, I'm going to talk some shit to you about uh, our recent Tecmo games. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Las Vegas is closed for the first time. Vegas casinos. They're all closed. But you know what casino is open 24-7 and accessible from the comfort of your own home? <laughs> That's right. It's mybookie.ag casino. They're even running a free $10,000 blackjack madness tournament. You can bet on DJ madness games over at mybookie.ag as well, including live lines. They got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. And if you join right now, my book, you will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars. That means if you deposit 2000, they'll give you a thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you have to do is use the promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. Woo. 
That is a, that's a fucking read. Okay. Buddy. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> I already know your argument here. Patrick Ewing. I, I liked his angle uh, recently interviewed on a uh, great interview on a, why on, on like the trajectory of basketball and how bigs don't go in the post anymore. And yeah, and, they just camp out at the corner. Yeah, and, and the and too many big shoot threes. Yeah. But they asked him the two hardest players to guard. And he said, Shaq and Elijah one. Okay. Now, let me, no, no, I didn't hear Robinson. Did you hear Robinson? Let, let, me, let me push back on you here <laughs> right now. Let me push back on you right now. Who would you say, say was better, David Robinson or Shaq? David Robinson is a better basketball player. Okay. 100%. There you go. So, 100%. No so, doubt of me. So, so right there, Patrick Ewing saying that Shaq was, was the hardest to guard. Was harder to guard than yeah. David Robinson. Yeah. Right? Which is true. I understand that. Right. Okay. Does that make him better than David Robinson? No. Okay, so because he said well, Akeem Olajuwon is harder to guard than David Robinson, does that necessarily mean he was better than David Robinson? Because I want to see some uh, c- consistency in your well, logic well, here. Well, well, check us out. With the rule changes, it does make Shaq probably better than David Robinson if they're going to give him that no charge zone. Right. I remember when I watched Shaq play against David Robinson. I was, but granted, David Robinson was old. When I look back at the stats... Now, the thing about Shaq early on when he came in the league, that those were like Robinson and Keem MVP years and Ewing oh, yeah. being like a verge of the finals every year. Um, so Shaq was like, holy shit, this guy's coming up and like nipping at their heels right away. And he was talking shit. So it was like intimidating, but they were still getting the better. Statistically, Robinson was still dominating at the, that point. Shaq was head. unbelievably athletic, but he only really got better in one one part of the game. And I thought he added a jump hook to his yeah. to his. He even got worse with uh, his handle and like, uh, cause he had a little bit of like a, a, a dribble, you know, early on, Yeah, you know, but, um, but yeah, when he got big and they took the no charge on away, he, he did become like the most dominant basketball player I ever saw play. You know, it was just like, there's and yes, do, do the rule changes have something to do with it? Yeah. Of course the no charge zone taking away ability, uh, a defender's ability to play defense, well, especially <laughs> when Shaq didn't have the game to like really take you off the dribble or go outside. Right. He would just run into you or shake you. Right. He'd run and, and running into you. You, if, if, if there's, if you can't take a charge, yeah, you got issues. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to beat you. He's going to beat you. Every I remember time. Sabonis just getting killed by that. And, and he how, did yeah. beat you every time for three straight seasons to the, to the tune of, you know, fucking three national or three NBA titles. In yeah. A row. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Sabonis getting dominated. Everyone, even Robinson, like Robinson would be stout and long and tough. But I remember like some of those plays being like, for some reason, I remember like Sabonis, like, I'm like, how the fuck is that a foul on him? I'm like, he's standing there. Yeah. And it's only because he's standing in the no charge zone. Right. Because it's like he's sitting there and basically the defender or the offensive player just runs into him with the, as fast as. See, that's what I'm a little curious about. See, I would think that the no charge zone, all it does, and by the way, no charge zone. Looking at it now, looking more closely since we've been talking about this, is fucking gigantic. Like I'm watching, like I was watching J.R. Smith highlights, and dudes are coming out like six feet from the basket. It seems like and like playing good defense and getting run the fuck over. Yeah, and because their heel is on the no charge zone line, it's a terrible rule. Then it's not a it's not a charge. And they yeah. give you the safety bullshit. I've never, <laughs> I I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that. They just don't want to reward good defense. All these leagues are in love with offense. Yeah. Makes it harder to play defense. I mean, you already have like you, uh, 
the the and one generation not wanting to get dunked on and not playing defense underneath the hoop. And then you you not only take away their ability to play effective defense, but yeah. threaten them with uh the foul on top of it, you know. Yeah. Miserable. Uh, um so I thought Ewing's comments were interesting. They were interesting, but that's kind of what I would expect but, to hear. Yes, I think Robinson, because I when I evaluate a basketball player, I'm saying like David Robinson could make a jump shot. Yeah. You're playing basketball, so you need to be able to make a jump shot. Yeah. So like I know Shaq was dominant. Yeah. And I don't he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. But at the same time, like as a basketball player, he was horrible from the free throw line. Yeah. And he had no jump shot. I mean, from a skills standpoint, yeah. there's no comparison. David Robinson's way better. Yeah. But from an overall dominance, f- f- physical, you know, stature being a, a factor, then I thought it was pretty, pretty similar. I actually, personally, I hate to say it. I really fucking hate to say it, but I would, I would take Shaq if I wanted to win championships. Well, especially have... with the no charge zone. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. both, what probably, but, but right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to circle back here. I'm going to say this. Okay. Just because. Akeem, and now that that is a factor that should determine greatness is how they perform against other greats, and uh, you know Ewing being a, a neutral third party and favor saying it was more difficult to guard Olajuwon against Robinson or than Robinson. I understand it. I would actually expect that because Ewing and Robinson have similar games. Um, you know, and so Ewing even in that video says, "Hey, uh, all I needed was like two post moves." the post move that I had and the counter, if they tried to stop that, you yeah. know, and I, I fucking made buckets and a, a longer range J and that's what Robinson basically had too. Robinson was a little longer and a little more. Uh, Ewing was better in the post than Robinson. Maybe. I think you're underselling Robinson's really? post game a little bit. I Ewing think if you better could, in the post, too. yeah, I think Ewing was probably a little better in the post. He's a little, a little stronger, but like, um, maybe a, a move or two more, but I thought Robinson had plenty. Robinson had the baseline, same baseline J well, that I came an- Another thing is like, I think when we think and and, uh, I think Ewing's prime came before. Yeah, we, that era. we don't have like the. Uh, but the, I will say, over the past week, you know, we were talking shit online, me and you, yeah, against each other, and uh, I'll say Ewing. The more I the more I dive into it, yeah, dude, I went through. And the I, East I, was loaded back then. The basketball yeah. has changed. But I went through, and and dude, I could probably do, I should do this for Elijah too. Maybe I'll do that on the next episode. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, uh. David Robinson, 89 playoffs, faced Tim Kempton and Joe Barry Carroll. Right? <laughs> Number one draft pick, Joe Barry Carroll. Um, they won that series. Yeah, Joe Barry Carroll was not a true center, in my opinion. <laughs> right? And uh, then they moved on to the next round to play the Blazers, where he faced Kevin Duckworth. Okay. <laughs> they lost to the Blazers. So then in 90, they make the playoffs, and they lose to the Warriors in the first round. The Warriors were starting Jim Peterson at center and Alton Lister. Okay. They lost. So then 91 comes and they go to the playoffs and they lose to the Suns when they're starting Andrew Lang. 92, they win a series against Duckworth and the Blazers. Look, I'm, look, when Robinson was doing this all alone, he was all Dude, alone. It makes me think that Robinson and Lajon's stats are very jaded because look at this. 92, they lose to Mark West and the Suns. They're right? He's faced up nobody's. against Mark West. 93, they lose to the Jazz. Jazz were a good team, but Robinson's stats could be misleading because he's facing Felton Spencer. Well, here, let me let me push back on you though a little bit. If this many fucking centers, like, well, the West had no centers. The West had no centers, but you're yeah. you're throwing out names like Ronnie Cycli. Like, yeah, he's skilled, but Scored, like, had 34 rebounds in a game. That's fucking impressive. But 
George Mirazan had probably 30 rebounds in a no. game. No, no, no. And first off, both are different. Cycli was actually much, much better. No, Cycli yeah. was more skilled. And I will yeah. admit that the list of the Eastern Conference centers back then was more impressive than the West. That said, seven, super athletic, skilled seven-footers don't grow on trees. Maybe super athletic six-foot-nine guys grow Dude, on well, trees. Dude, this hurts Olajuwon's argument, too. When I dive into this, I mean, I haven't gone through who Olajuwon played. Yeah. But I can tell you, through Robinson's whole career prior to Duncan, the best player, aside from Olajuwon, that he played... I guess he had a, he had a, they, they swept a terrible nuggets team in 90 and 94. Right. Yeah. Matumbo was, you're a right. Rookie. He never had to yeah. face a tough center except the second year. Yeah. So it's like, playoffs. I almost think that fucks his legacy up. Cause he fucked these guys up in the regular season. He fucked morning up. I look back at the stats. He would destroy morning. He fucked um, Shaq or whatever. Shaq yeah. up statistically. But I still say like that. All in the you regular have a, season. But. And, and this goes for a lot. I'm not only using this for Robinson. Yeah. When you have, I don't, the NBA regular season devalues itself. Yeah. I've seen, dude, as a guy that was a fan of the Knicks for a long time. Yeah. Um, I could see them just turn it on. Like they, they didn't really care. Like I just saw them turn it on like down the stretch. I mean, they cared enough. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's like, and baseball is the same thing where there's so many games they yeah. you just, they don't give a shit. Dude, you, I'm a UVA fan. Yeah. S- say no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Say no more. I agree. It's two different seasons, but, um, and two different scenarios entirely. But, uh, but dude, I got to pull up Olajuwon's because when I did that, I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm sure it's pretty similar. But when you look at Ewing's and who is facing, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going you to war. almost want to give Ewing a lot more credit yeah. than, than, than we have given him. I think you're, you're so hurt by what happened because Colby, was actually even even a bigger Knicks fan than I was. I was a big Knicks fan in the nineties, but uh, I think you you're for, you're calling Ewing a choker. I think he had a lot of clutch moments. You know, he choked a lot. He choked bro. in some very big games. Um, even like big free throws in those Knicks Heat games. I, like, yeah. I just remember like, God damn it, dude, this fucking just guy. finish yeah. the fucking thing. He's off. not car- as bad as Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone was just yeah. like butt sauce. Carl Malone would choke consistently. I feel like yeah. if they went to him with the game on the line. Yeah, but. Yeah, I got to go back. But Ewing's best years were like 88, 89, dude. He averaged like 28 a game, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, um, I got to go back into that. I, I, what, I, what I'm curious, too, is to see like that era, um, what the best players, top 20 players in the league scoring-wise were averaging like during the 90s um, and what the teams were averaging scoring-wise during the 90s and compare them to like the top 20 scores of today and the team scoring of today and then you know, extrapolate their statistics based on that. And I bet dudes like Robinson and Olajuwon would murder would be like 35. And I guess their rebounds would probably stay the same, but if they were averaging like 35 and 13, they'd be clear MVPs. Yeah, I agree. Um, You're a piece of shit. Let me tell you about this. Uh, College experience is brought to you by DJ and madness. Yes, this has been a fucking awesome thing that we've created here. We're giving away $3,000 for a virtual NCAA tournament. The games are simulated on NBA 2K and stream live with SGP commentary, including from myself, game lines and live lines from my bookie. Odd and even point total prop bets over unders parlays are available. 30 teams are in the tournament. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest. Check it out. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash contest. And with that, Patty C, I'll tell you, man, we got DJ Madness happening this weekend, and and we're we're the, the winners, Sweet Sixteen action, basically. Winners go to the Elite Eight. Your Wahoo's already there. Boom. Washington is already there. Uh, if anything, I, I believe uh, 
dogs are, uh, I think, 13 or 15 and one. Wow. Yeah. The dog is the play. Yeah. Go get right now. If you like money, right? You're yeah. hard up for cash. Go bet the dogs yes. <laughs> at DGENs only. Get Seriously. online. Where is it? Where is it being? Uh, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. Make an account. Fucking make some Use bets. Use the promo code SGP. Get SGP. free money there. Yeah. And then yeah. take that money, that free money, and make even more free money. Exactly. So so I'm going to run through some of these games here, but I'm, I'm just telling you, dude, I was, guys, and I get it. It's a virtual game. I was a skeptic coming into this. The money's real, though. Yeah, the money is real, but I was a skeptic coming in, man. Yeah. And I've had a fucking blast with this. It's fun. It's crazy because, like, you know, we, we run it the same way an NCAA tournament we run. The games are on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah. on my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, I'm jonesing for, for Thursday. I'm like, DJ man, Madness. I can't wait for DJ and Madness. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this, too. Like, having, you know, I, I stopped playing basketball video games probably early 2000s. Um, and then going back and seeing them today, holy shit. Like, it's even the super little things like a guy gets like tries to go right on his dribble and he gets stopped up. And so he like crosses over and starts oh, yeah. to go left. It's like, it looks like a real fucking basketball game. Yeah. NBA 2K has done a good job. It's a shame. We can't get college basketball and college football games at O'Bannon. <laughs> Hopefully that changes sometime in the future. Yeah. Uh, Figure it out. So tonight we got Arizona Creighton Creighton minus four is your Creighton was the one favorite that took care of business in the opening round of the tournament of the, of the DJ madness in terms of a cover. Yeah. They blew out Memphis. Nice. Uh, Arizona played Arizona. Michigan state was one of the wildest game. I mean, easily from a uh, broadcasting. I've never done this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my favorite game in the call. It was Arizona who Michigan, Michigan state. state, Michigan state pretty much had that game. One Arizona mm. ends up hitting. There's three buzzer beaters. Motherfucker. In the game. I had Michigan state winning my bracket double overtime. dude, I had Maryland. So yeah, <laughs> We're both done. Yeah. Someone else is winning that money. Yeah. So we're giving that $3,000 to somebody that's not uh, in, in not, not, not in this room. Yeah. Not in this room. So Arizona Creighton, are you going to go with the dog thing or uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say Creighton continues. It's a uh, power play. I am nice. I'm say Creighton is going to cover this, this game. All right. You dogging it. I'm with you, buddy. Okay. Blue uh, Jays, baby. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm going against it's this, the statistical trends here and riding at some ride point, the it's going to come back around the other way. Then the night game tonight is West Virginia against our gals, San Diego state, San Diego state, a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to take San Diego state. West Virginia, San Diego state. Yeah. yeah. Give me San Diego. State. I think if I had to take a dog, tonight, I would go Arizona because I like San Diego state to take care of West Virginia. I think they're both similar teams. Great defensively. Yeah. Although 13 and one, that is beginning to be statistically like, yeah, really hard to yeah. ignore. <laughs> and what's crazy is, is Kramer's run, you know, hundreds of tests. Right. And they were never just keep, Yeah. The madness is something he can't factor. Exactly. For. My CPU is a neural net processor, <laughs> a learning computer. Yeah. I keep saying that sick of me yet. Terminator references all day. Uh, then on Friday you got Michigan. So, so we have 30 teams in the tournament. The two one seeds got buys. That was Kansas and Dayton, Michigan and Kansas tip off Friday night, 6 PM on the West, 9 PM on the East. Uh, Kansas, five and a half point favorite. Michigan, Kansas. It's a big spread. You're going Michigan. I think I'm right? going, I'm going Wolverines, baby. This one, I am playing the under. Okay. Because who did Michigan play first? round? was a Butler. Or? Yeah. Yeah. They fucked me up. I had Butler. 
Yeah. They pulled the upset. I think this game in overtime is giving Juwan Howard a little cred, a little too Tony, much cred, right? Well, maybe not because he did take them to the national championship his first two years as a player. So he, he knows the ropes when it comes to the tournament. Well, I'm going to take the Jayhawks. That's, that's a, that's a bold play. And then not really, they're a much better. Team. The night game, the late night game, if you're on the East Dayton, Ohio state, nice little battle of Ohio. Yeah. I wish this happened in the regular season, but someone is always too scared. But I don't you hate that. I do. It's like well, Alabama and football. Why do you never schedule Troy or, or UAB? Right. right, right you right, put right. New Mexico state on the schedule. Sure. Or Akron, but not Troy or UAB. Interesting. Just like uh, Virginia Tech won't touch JMU anymore. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because they got whooped. They got a taste yeah. of that L, yeah. and they're like in Blacksburg to an FCS yeah. team. If this happens a couple more times, then we're not. Then they're the fucking state darling, and That's we're still like a little bitch though. It's such a bitch move. Yeah, UVA the same thing. We and beat them in eighty-two. Cancel- and Virginia Tech canceled East Carolina. Yeah, yeah. East Carolina kept giving them trouble. Yeah, Virginia they're like, like oh, let's get out of this game. Yeah. How about UVA? We beat them in 82, JMU. They've never scheduled us since. I, we played them the following year in 83, and what I was assume would be the second uh, game of a one-on-one, or a, basically two games in Virginia. But since yeah. we beat them in 82, nope, never a, a fucking again. We're 45 minutes away. <laughs> 45 minutes. They're, they'll play anyone else that, in the state. Dude, I can't stand that. Fucking bitch. You should be, there should, uh, there needs to be a commissioner. You need. To, I was thinking about that. I was watching North Dakota State play. Yeah. Uh, prior to this game or, or prior to you coming over. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how do they never play Wisconsin? They're right there. Who's this? North Dakota state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and what's funny is they did play Minnesota, but they beat Minnesota. Minnesota stopped scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> These teams don't want the smoke, man. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, come on. What about any of those schools? Like right there. What does North Dakota touch? Wyoming. I think like those schools should all be playing each other. Of course. Of course. And that, that's where, that's where the Iowa. business Actually, they beat Iowa. Iowa stopped scheduling. The business end of it flares up again. It's like, man, we're gonna. We don't want competition. We don't want to play our logical rivals, right? Yeah. The teams that would are like closest to us, be the most passionate yeah. like games that yeah. our fans would enjoy most. No, because it doesn't benefit our business, and it we're pussies. So da- yeah, Dayton, Ohio State, Ohio State classic example. Of How that? about Ohio State playing Cincinnati back to back in the national championship in the I want to say early '60s, losing to them both times. Fucking hilarious. But that was Oscar Robertson, right? Was I think Cincy? so. Yeah. I think. Was he a, did he go to a Cincinnati university too? I believe so. And then the Royals got him. I, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Actually pull it up. See, see if you can pull it up. Let me pull that up. I thought, he went, I thought maybe he was on the Cincinnati Royals though. Huh? Yeah, he was. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. The current. Who are they? Uh, current Sacramento Kings. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Um, Oscar. Robertson. They went from Cincinnati to Kansas city to Sacramento. Nice college. Let's see where he went. Oscar Robertson, University of Cincinnati. Boom, boom. Tampa Bay's got it down. Still got I it. I like it when they do that. That's why I'm hoping the uh, uh, Hawks win the uh, draft so they can get a uh, Dominique Wilkins part two. Well, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah. it was fun with LeBron in uh, Cleveland. It's fun with. Uh, yeah. It's happened a couple times. Yeah, it's happened. Well, Dominique. Yeah. Dominique went to Georgia Dominique and got drafted it. by yeah. the Hawks. Yeah. Dude, but me and Nick were me and NC Nick were just on the uh, NBA odds pod with Ryan oh, McKee. Hakeem Olajuwon, Houston and Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we were, uh, you know, projecting our top ten. Obviously, it's tough to do because we don't know if they're going to have a, a regular. I mean, we think the regular season's over, but you know, so you have that the fucking stupid lottery that the NBA does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was saying, man, if the Warriors get Anthony Edwards, 
He's projecting folks. Uh, his NBA comparison is Dwayne Wade. So when if you put he well he to me he's just far better than everyone else in the draft. Really, I think he's far better than anyone in the draft. Interesting. For, yeah. I haven't seen enough of him. I've seen him, but like I'm judging him basically he's partially on his team's performance. And he's still 18. Yeah, the SEC got better at basketball though. Yeah. So it's hard to like judge. But Tom him. Crean definitely gave him a bag of cash because he turned down Duke and to go to Georgia. Hundred percent. They weren't even going to make the tournament. Where's he from? Is he from Georgia? I, I want to say he's from. I was going to say the Carolinas for some reason, but I don't know that answer off the top of my head. I think I'm talking out of my ass. I'll look it up in a moment. Uh, Dayton is a four and a half point favorite, though, as a one seed. I'm going to ride with Ohio State and the dog there. He's from Atlanta. Okay, so that makes a little sense there. But you could have went to Georgia Tech. That's Better true. basketball program historically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Georgia came up with the money, the yeah. football money. Yeah. I guarantee moved it over to the basketball. Trust me, check out that documentary. That's the same on thing HBO. with Kansas. You saw Kansas invest like a gazillion dollars into their football facilities. Yeah. Wonder where that money came from. But that's another thing, dude. I was watching that '94 season. Kansas was in the top ten at one point in football. Yeah, and that's not the Mark Mangino years that happened in '07 when they beat Virginia Tech in the Orange yeah. Bowl. So I mean that that they that's what I mean. It was just diverse, man, all across the the nation. Yeah. Sometimes awesome. like trends, people forget that like you can go from like great to nothing and never come back. Like, yeah, well, Rutgers, you have to take care of your shit. Rutgers within Rutgers was so shitty. Then they got Shiano. Yeah. They went to number two in the nation at one point. Yeah. Then they went to so shitty. (laughs) Then they lost to Ohio (laughs) state and Michigan on back to back weeks by 160 combined points. Jesus. Okay. Look, Dayton minus four and a half Ohio state Dayton. Who you taking? I'm going to take the Buckeyes to cover this one. Uh, Dayton four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the Buckeyes. Dayton's still going to grab the win, hopefully. Yeah. I want to see Obi Toppin. Yeah, baby. National player of the year. It's a uh, in reality. It's such a criminal. I was thinking about this, It man. sucks so bad for these guys that, like, their moment got stripped How away from. How about Rutgers? Rutgers was going to make the t- tournament. Their fr- it would have been their first tournament since 91. Imagine being <laughs> a Rutgers basketball fan. Yeah. Just no. Imagine, well, imagine being a Rutgers basketball fan. Stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> and football. Yeah. Sports fan. Imagine being a Rutgers sports right. fan. If you're in New Jersey, the sports are the last thing on your mind. You're you're but, chopping someone up and throwing them in a river. But you know, if you live like locally, you're gonna like, yeah, you're about the fucking team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I just couldn't imagine. Well, like I said, Dayton had a. You could argue they had as much chance as anybody to win the national championship. They, yeah. Now they lose Obi Toppin. What a fucking. They lose what some a other players. Break. That, that, they, they might not even make the tournament. They will never have a chance like this for a long, long time. And the same look. The, you can say the same with Rutgers. Rutgers was in the top twenty-five a lot of the year. Yeah. If they get in, this field was open. Now I'm not yeah. saying Rutgers was going to win the national championship. I think Dayton yeah. had a far better chance. Sure. But I, I would not have been surprised. Yeah. This was see- one of the more open years in terms of. Uh, teams that had an actual chance. I, I would have not been surprised one bit had Rutgers made the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Yeah. Now, Final Four, I would be surprised. Yeah. But I think they had a, as good of a I shot. I would have been a little surprised if they made it that far. Sweet 16, I think they could have, definitely. Yeah. Elite Eight, you start to say maybe. They were blistering hot at the beginning of the year. Didn't they fall off a little bit toward the end? They did. No, uh, t- towards like January, February, but then they, they, they got a little hot towards the end okay. again, I feel like, but... I just feel like you look at the roster, they were as good as a lot of teams that were in the tournament. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully they can carry that on next year. But the the fact they haven't been there since 91, bro. Man, they should just do that shit like in a private gym with no one there. I'll get to that uh, probably next episode. But 
those are our D-Gen Madness games. We got also uh, games on Saturday and Sunday. We got uh, Texas Tech and Houston, Patty Sue. Battle of Texas. Boom. For uh, Big 12 uh, fucking flag plant. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means. Well, this speaking of what we were talking about earlier with uh, Texas blackmailing the Big 12, essentially that's what they're doing because Houston was going to come to the yeah. Big 12. They're blackmailing the Big 12 and they're blackballing Houston. Yeah. Probably SMU. They probably, I mean, SMU getting the death, death penalty probably has something oh, to do with the other oh, Texas schools. Definitely. I, the power I read plays something there. about that. I mean, I've talked about that on a couple episodes. Yeah. I want to say AM might have had something to do with that too. Yeah, it makes sense. Probably over the uh, yeah. Dickerson. <laughs> I, I think, no, but I think like the, the, why would the penalty was so harsh? There was, they want their gold car back. The they want that pilot. The governor of Texas. Yeah. At the time, and I'd have to go back and look because this is a, a story from a while ago. I want to say he went to A and M, so that's why he stuck it He's to like, SMU, SMU because they knew that SMU was about to be the second best or potentially the best yeah, football SMU team just in the got state. Eric Dickerson, Craig out James, of their hands, Jerry Ball, yeah, um, Michael Carter. Oh, that D line. <laughs> anyway, um, SMU being in Dallas too. There's a lot, yeah. so much well, talent. Houston. There. Uh, why do you think the Why do you think Texas is blocking Houston from the Big Twelve? Because Texas. Houston is a fucking, just one of the best cities in the country for fucking talent. TCU, Baylor. They should all just say fuck you, Texas, right? Because at this point, well, Texas, uh, t- Texas good- isn't any better than them. Like barely as a program at this point. Baylor's Baylor was better last year. TCU's been better for, but Baylor like three years ago had like a one win season. That's true. Texas doesn't have those kind yeah. of seasons. It's interesting. I would like to see that. Happen. I would like to see them put Texas in their place. I think it would be good for the big 12 as a whole, to be honest. I think, I think it'd be good for Texas. Well, Houston did a home place. and home with fucking Oklahoma and Houston won the one in Houston, lost the one at Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, you, there's definitely, if TCU can come up, Houston or fucking SMU can come up. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so Houston minus, or, or uh, another thing is Houston basketball has been better than Texas basketball for the past fucking three years, four years. Yeah. Um, Texas tech, Houston, Houston, or uh, Texas tech, a one and a half point favorite DJ madness on, uh, April 11th at 6 PM on the West Texas tech, a one and a half point favorite. Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Houston's having a year. Give me the Cougs. Give me the Raiders, baby. Going, going with la- what if it's Virginia, Texas Tech? What if the computer puts Virginia, Texas Tech in the national championship? It's a learning computer. Yeah, it's a point. fucking learning computer. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the games would be uh, the the other game that night is uh, Colorado and LSU. Mm. Will Wade. Give me Will Wade. Colorado had a good year. What's the spread on that game? LSU minus a point and a half. Ooh, LSU with the easy cover. Colorado. I'm a buff guy. Yeah. Look, McKinley Wright coming back. You're I saw a fat th- guy, but you're, you're saw, not buff at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> I saw today that, uh, you know, in real life, mm-hmm. uh, they landed a big uh, transfer from Tulsa. By the way, college basketball getting the mid majors are getting absolutely destroyed oh, man. this year in the grad transfer. This one rules. and done thing yeah. is, is terrible. Like, News. I mean, more so than I've ever recalled it. Yeah, right now it's still the grad transfer, but the yeah. the one time transfer rule that's gonna fucking annihilate the smaller schools. Yeah, but I just saw like Terrell Brown from Seattle dip out. Uh, like basically like fucking like twenty players. Bowling Green's best player. Right. Uh, a lot of mid yeah. mid majors. The majors are the ones yeah. that are gonna be hurt by this. The one time transfer rule is gonna annihilate the the FCS schools because 
they their bread and butter is transfers from a dude that wants immediate eligibility. Like JMU's been making a fucking killing off that yeah. on the East yeah, Coast. They got they got the the quarterback from Pitt. They've been doing ben it for a long yeah. time. Yeah, you know, and so once that little like trick is up for them, they're fucked. Well, that's why I propose that North Dakota State, South Dakota State, JMU, Montana, Eastern Washington, yeah, Northern Iowa. It's time to step the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. All of you guys. You guys All are better them. than yeah, a lot I'm of fucking... I'm glad. Yeah. I want it to happen. Maybe yeah. this is the best thing. Yeah. Get North Dakota State up there. Shake Dude. things up. Uh, well, I'll dive more into that next episode, but let's get to... Uh, we've done our DJ Madness games. You guys should check them out. Uh, Patty C., let's get to this top 10. Let's yeah. just do this. But before I get to the top 10... We'll give you guys techno updates next episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports buttons. I know sports isn't happening now, but still, it could be happening right around the corner. But with PropSwap, you know, you can buy and sell sports bets. It's, it's incredible because you're buying the bet directly from another person. Not only can you find great deals, but you can also buy bets from, from states where, you know, sports betting is prohibited. Uh, get that PropSwap account loaded up. So when future buying returns, you can strike when the iron's hot. Sign up for PropSwap.com today, and they will give you a 100% match on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP. Once again, that's SGP at the time of deposit. And PropSwap will match your offer up to $100. Go to PropSwap.com today. Void where prohibited. You want to do that before it expires. Um, top 10 linebackers of all time. College football. And pro, but we're going to start. With the college. Because it is the college experience. You're not yeah, exactly. We go college first. That's right. We Every love time. we love pro football. We love all these other sports. But college is first. Yeah. College comes first. Yeah. That's right. Now I'm gonna make an audible here. Not really, but uh <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. Okay. Whoever that linebacker, I think we have him nailed down. <laughs> Whoever that linebacker yeah. The last and uh, is it Damon? Oh, that's what we never got to. Yeah. Tell us about it. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Watch this Washington Oregon highlight in 94 that I put up on the Instagram of sports gambling podcast. Uh, Damon Hjord is about to, to grab a win. I believe it was Damon Hjord. His brother Brock, Brock played too, but I believe those years were Damon. Yeah. And uh, they're at the five yard line going about, in. I'm yeah. not sure if the game was tied. Yeah, I think it may have been. It yeah. looked like uh, Washington was playing for the win in a They were playing for game. the win regardless of what it was. Yeah. Um, and they throw like a nice little uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. And a defensive back grabs it and goes about 96 yards for a touchdown yeah. to win the game. There's only like 10. There's only like 20 seconds left in the game. Yeah. So classic. Like they could have kicked a field goal. The game would have been the yeah. game was sealed basically. Yeah. yeah. And they fuck up and throw a pick 95 yard pick six. Yeah. And it's not even the returner that does this, Yeah. but they cute. They cut to a uh, Hjord who's, you know, sulking. <laughs> yeah. He just threw the pick and he's like coming off the field Yeah. and a Oregon linebacker goes right up to him, headbutts him <laughs> cackling in this guy's yeah, face and does one of the greatest laughs of all time. 
and then celebrates, raises his arms and starts clapping. He's right wearing in the his yellow face. mouthpiece. One of the all like time <laughs> dick moves. Like uh, it was so we're watching this. Me and Patty Sue just randomly watching yeah. the, the highlights from 94 and we see this and we're just fucking rolling. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got to put that. I gotta, it's like I gotta Ric Flair. On Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that shit was the funniest shit, dude. It's, I've watched it probably a hundred times. It's one of the best shit talking yeah. moments I've ever seen. It's fucking unbelievable, man. Should we put this guy's name out there? We, and t- Not yet. We no. got to figure out who exactly. We got to pinpoint. We need confirmation. It. Yeah. But whoever that linebacker is I, I'm going to try to get the game I'm going to try to watch the entire game okay I yeah. think we got I think we got the guy but uh well we need to confirm it but he, <laughs> we're going to try to get him on the show he's too. honorable mention top 10 for me <laughs> oh man that was fucking absolute I love it excellent more of that please yes very much so okay your 10th linebacker in college football that you've seen in your lifetime Patty C okay okay um Look, 10 was hard for me. It is on every list because you get down to this point and uh, there's a bunch of names that you have to exclude a bunch and choose one. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me real quick, since there's no UVA players on my list here, make an honorable mention. Whoa. Fine. All right. Crazy. To, uh, it's not too late to add James Ferrier. He, he would be on the honorable mention. We had uh, Jamie Sharper, who played with them, and Ahmad Brooks, who, uh, what's it called? So the Bengals for a little bit or the Niners too, I believe. Right? Yeah. He was an animal. And then I think yeah. he was like a pro bowler. Yeah. I remember in high school, I played on the uh, Virginia super 44 team against Maryland. And, uh, the quarterback for Hilton, um, was, uh, Daryl Overton. Holy shit. Like th- this guy, I Son would of Doug Overton, former bullet point card, maybe <laughs> potentially, <No>. um, <laughs> he's in the area. This is a guy like I would, uh, they would run a fade in practice. Like we had a week of practice before the game. Or it was just a fly route, right? I get it like seven or eight yards and I backpedal two steps and then I just turn and start sprinting. And this motherfucker would just sprint by me every time and catch a touchdown. And me, this is like, this guy's just that much faster. It was like me, Kevin Cruz. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a pickup football game where Colby got beat for six touchdowns. I had one pick and I got a big head. <laughs> that, that's what happened. He beat me like two or three times. Yeah. And then I, and then I actually got the interception. You're like I got him now. And I, I got overconfident. Yeah. I gave him the lenient. I was like, I was like, I was going to gamble a little cushion. <laughs> I would gamble more. Yeah. And you got beat for, for four more touchdowns. Yeah, dude, I got lit up that game. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he, he told me, I was like, dude, you're like the best fucking player I've ever seen. He was like, dude, I'm nothing compared to Ahmad Brooks. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then obviously UVA and then the pros. So, and he's not anywhere close to my top 10 in reality. Number 10 on my list. Like I said, uh, lots of competition. I almost went Jonathan Vilma here. Mm. Right. But then I had, I thought DJ Williams was better at Miami. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Vilma clearly had the much better pro career. Yeah, Vilma was still a damn good player. It's almost like the, uh, Williams was I'll, a better I'll, athlete. I'll get to another comparison in college where I felt like, you know, yeah, I, I thought these guys were good, but I just, Williams did like stand out more to me in college. Yeah. He was, he was the better athlete, uh, made the bigger hits. Vilma, the headier player. Vilma was like a Keekly type a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But, um, so I, I said Vilma and then I said, no, DJ Williams is better. And then I said, well, this guy that I have in mind was better than either. Well, I don't know if he was better than Vilma, but he was certainly better than DJ Williams. And that's James Laronitis from number 10, Ohio state. Number 10. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good player. One of a number of Ohio state guys I have on my list. My number 10, I'm going to go to the desert swarm defense. And I don't know. Do you remember the desert storm defense? The desert swarm defense? Uh, I don't remember it that well. See, one of my first recollections is uh, 
well, I shouldn't say first college football because I remember Rocket Ishmael and Penn State with Tony Saka and stuff like that. But um, yeah. when I really dove into it. When you understood what the fuck was yeah, going when on. Yeah, I really dove into it in 93, yeah. 94. Uh, Arizona was the top 10 team. Yeah. And they were really good yeah. on defense. They, they had a guy by the name of Teddy Bruschi. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had other, like, they were loaded all, they had a you safety name, heard of this Brandon guy. Sanders, that was a beast, too. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, late in the later years, in the 90s, they had Chris McAllister. Desert Swarm. I mean, it yeah. definitely had a reputation. I didn't get to see it too much in person. So. Uh, but Bruschi was an animal. I can remember the other day. I mean, I can remember the Georgia Tech game. I saw him uh, with, like, it was the other day. Yeah. Um, and Georgia Tech had recently won a national championship just a couple years prior. And and just just dominant performance, Bruski. I felt like every big game I watched, Bruski was making big plays. Yeah. So I got Teddy Bruski. Oh, he certainly uh, replicated that in the pros. Yeah. So uh, part of one of the better defenses. Yeah. Of all the times. Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was he was a rookie on that Parcells team too. Uh, the uh, first one. Yeah. The ninety-five. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting man. Man spent some times in the Super Bowl. Played some games. Um, okay. Number two, this guy really just based on his uh, athletic uh, performance, cracked the shit out of that beer. Uh, you know, he played in the SEC in a, in a time when, I mean, this team has never really had the chance to shine too much, but he was a standout. Patrick Willis. I don't have a ton to say about him other than physically. He's oh, just he was a beast. A marvel. He yeah. stood out in college. Um, yeah. He's on my list. He's higher. Okay. Um, he was a fucking animal. Yeah. Um, I remember, I mean, they, they weren't even that great. Yeah, that big years. old cast. He was still making interceptions. And I, feel, shit. I feel like they weren't even like yeah. really good either. Was he there with Eli though? I think somewhere right around there. Yeah. Yeah. But I just remember like, he just jumped off. T- I remember like, that's weird, man. You know, what's crazy is back in that era. I feel like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. The sec used to play Thursday games. Uh, is that right? Yeah. It was only like, I always feel like Ole Miss and Bandy in South Carolina would play Thursday games. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Kentucky as well. Yeah. I it, feel like most of the conference does, to this day try and. No, they, their, now they play zero Thursday games. Well, if they have to, because no, they, they play one and it's the, well, the SEC. Yeah. They, they, they're yeah. able to, with their contract, avoid those Thursday night games where like the That's ACC. That's another advantage right? though, bro. It's like, uh, you Talk have about a short bringing week. in money. Yeah. Yeah. Like the SC, the ESPN is like, no motherfuckers. If you're going to have this contract, you have to play. Thursday night games to the ACC. They don't do it to the big 10 as much, but I think they're going to start big maybe 10 is Friday nights. Friday nights. Yeah. yeah. SEC just gets the big money. Pac 12 does Thursdays yeah, and Fridays. Um, big 12. I don't know. The big 12 doesn't do much Thursday. Does it? Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think they do much Thursday. Yeah. And then Pac 12. Yeah. Pac 12 used to though. I remember. Okay. State Pac 12 is forced into uh Pac 12 after dark. The SEC. There you go. There, there's a fucking, uh, That's financial another. institution in ESPN dictating the finances to these universities and, and clearly benefiting one over the others. What do you want? And you can't tell me there's never ramifications, right? You, you get extra you pay your coaches higher. All the highest yeah. paid coaches in college football are yeah. in the sec. You get the best coaches. You can recruit the best players. Well, you get more time, you make more money. You get more time to, to prep for the other team, right? Hey, big 10, big 12, Pac-12, stop playing nine Larry, conference well, Larry games. Scott's a fucking idiot, though, man. He, they're they're way behind the eight ball. I don't see that changing anytime soon until they fire that fool. Yeah. Anyway, my number nine is uh, I'm going to take you to Columbus. And yeah. and I could have put three players on this list from Columbus. Yeah, One and I did. just on the outskirts. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got two on my list. And I'm going to go with A.J. Hawk. Boom. He's my number eight. So let's talk. Okay. Yeah. 
Absolute animal. I, I, you know what? He still had a decent pro career for the Packers, but I thought he was going to be better. Yeah. Thought he was going to be a little bit better in the pros. I did too. He had an excellent college career. Uh, Played on that Notre Dame or played on that uh, Ohio State St- Ohio State team that played Notre Dame in the what was it they the Fiesta Bowl they whipped their ass and how uh, does Notre Dame get in these games uh, I think uh, AJ Hawk's sister was plowing uh, or Brady Hawk Brady uh, Quinn was plowing AJ Hawk's sister wow and so she was wearing the the jersey that was half AJ Hawk half Brady Quinn. And that's probably why Ohio State fucked him up so much. Yeah. AJ Hawk was like, "You're plowing my sister. I'm oh, plowing you." Defensive battle or in the game room, in the film room, probably oh, yeah. like, "Hey, you know, you know, he fucked your sister last night." Oh man, <laughs> yeah, they probably had a a good a good number of practices there getting ready for that one. <laughs> yeah, but Hawk was just an animal, man. And uh, look, I, 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 we, we are not huge Ohio State fans, but you can't deny. I the hate talent. Ohio State. Yeah. yeah, they're fucking awesome. In fact, Ohio State probably of. What six position groups that we've done so far has had the most players of any school? I'd say the one glaring weakness would be quarterback. Yeah, they don't produce well. Yeah. They've gotten better. They have. Yeah, they have. That ha- helps when you can uh, get a nonsense transfer like Justin yeah. Fields doesn't have to sit out a year. All right, bullshit. Um, okay, AJ Hawk though, my number nine, just an animal for Ohio State. Give me your number eight. That's AJ Hawk. You oh, give yeah, me your number right. eight. My number eight. I'm going to take you to. Los Angeles, yeah, where we are residing, to a guy named Ray Milaluga. Oh, he's a little higher on mine, but I'll talk with you on him. Uh, this guy, I once again thought he was going to be a lot better than the pros. Yeah, agreed. Uh, was when you get that absolute, much shine yeah. in on the national spotlight because he was on that national that USC team that won an AP title in two thousand four. Yeah. You remember that or, hit he had on that UCLA quarterback, was it Ben Olson? Yeah, yeah he just oh fucking my god. literally sent that dude. Oh my god, was an that absolute beautiful. flip through the ear hole and the guy flipped. That's why you should check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I mean, I'm sorry, not dot com, well, yeah, dot com, but also on Instagram, sports gambling podcast, because it's it's great to see back in the day, not even that long ago, quarterbacks could pay a penalty if they tried to run the ball. Yeah, if you tiptoe the sideline, yeah. You get fucking destroyed. That's how it should be. It's of course it should be that way. That's the way football was designed. Yeah. And that's the way see, they turned the quarterback into a shit. Like the quarterback slide itself was the stupidest fucking like manufactured rule ever. I guess any player can slide. Maybe. Is that true? Or is Maybe it specific? Now. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, just to just to value one player and allow them to be a bitch, you know, and protect them. And and like well, it's so ridiculous because sometimes they can dive. Like I watched that uh, Jim Kelly game, uh, the uh, 89 Bills Dolphins. Yeah. You know, they win on a quarterback draw from like the six yard line. Yeah. Uh, Kelly dives into the end zone. So on that play, he doesn't slide. So right. it's like you have to quickly make up your mind of what the quarterback's yeah, going to do. You have to react to what yeah. he's doing. Right. If if he does slide and you dive at him to try and stop him from potentially I, I, diving. And dude, scoring. I would love a league. Then you get a 15 yard penalty. You get, you give them first and goal from the one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and if you go back to the eighties and the seventies and stuff, and, and like, even obviously before that quarterbacks would have to pay the, like they were the toughest guys on the field. Yeah. They were the toughest guys on the field. Cause you had to throw and you could yeah. get blasted at any time. Yeah. We well, said now they've before. turned into pussies. That's right. Yeah. Now they're Tom Brady. Man, they yeah. cry. They wear like a little, they, they, Remember when Tom Brady was wearing his hair like a fucking soccer player? <laughs> he had like the long, like little, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god! Like Johnny Unitas is rolling in his fucking grave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight is my Ray Ray, Ray Malaluga, Malaluga though, and, and let me tell you, yeah, this guy 
I was sold that this guy was going to be nasty. And he was a beast. I man. wonder if the Bengals just ruined his career. That, that is the Bengals have ruined a lot of careers. Another example, yeah. <laughs> like a stunning amount of careers. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love watching this guy play in college. He was a beast. He was a, he was a mule and I'm going to get to him in a second, but for my number seven, yeah, I'm going to go to another Hawaiian, right? Who? He, uh, he also had a very hyped season in the spotlight. Uh, it was proven to be a little bit of a, uh, Mirage in the national championship game against Alabama, but uh, Manti Teo had a great <laughs> year for uh, Notre you and Dame. him shared the same girlfriend for a little Hello. while, right? Hey, Ooh, hey, ha. I plowed her last yeah. night. Um, no, uh, look, he just had a great year, he's had a decent pro Got career, embarrassed in the national championship. But here's the thing when you have you ever, ever seen the video of Alabama's blocking on that one play? I have, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, there's a hole 16 feet wide yeah. for the running back. Every player on Notre Dame is getting dominated by the, their opposing player on Alabama. You can't put that all on Manti Teo. True. True. And he was good. He was a good player. He, he could intercept the ball. He could run sideline to sideline. He, he's actually he stuffed the been run. a better pro than Mal- Malaluga has. So yes, there so. you go. Something to be said for that. My number seven, I'm going to take you to Boston. Who do you Maybe got? Chestnut Hill. Oh yeah. I know you got, you got Luke Keekley. Woo. This guy was an animal. Yeah. Look, made a million tackles. Yeah. And like I said, I don't, I don't discriminate to me. If like you're on a, if you're on a good team or a bad team, when I watch the game, if you stand out to me, you stand out. That's yeah. why Troy Edwards is my number one wide out. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that because he might've made my list, but I just, I'm a big name uh, yeah. hunter here a little yeah. bit. See, well, you never watch this. You don't watch I don't think as many small games as me. I know? don't. I don't. I, on a I, Tuesday I, night, I am in action. You are in action. I'll give you credit. I might flip it on and put it on the background, but I'm not actively watching action. Dude, Sutton Smith, baby. <laughs> Your Steelers drafted him. Hey, 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 I'm liking it. I'm liking what the Steelers are doing. They're trying to get some toughness back in I there. like this. But, uh, dude, uh, Keekley was incredible. Um he was in the ACC too, which you would think yeah. you would see him a lot with them. He was Virginia. hyped too. Okay. He got a lot of love from the media. Well, he's uh, he lived up to it. He's so far, I would say, yeah. I would say he's the best pro I got so far. Brewski being second. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he definitely had a great pro career. Uh, super intelligent, super heady, super fast, and you know, knows and that was for the before ball. He was getting knocked out all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before he was, yeah, trying to fill holes against. I don't know. Give me your number six. Bigger guys. My number six, we already talked about him. Ray Maluga, the meaner of the two uh, Hawaiians on my list. He may have been Samoan, which might make him a little meaner, mm. even though Samoans are amazingly nice people. <laughs> they also have a crazier streak in them from my personal experience. Um, athletically, you mean? Physically. Okay. Uh, athletically and just like crazy. Like, I'll tell you, when I was in San Diego, I worked as a bouncer at Johnny V. Mm-hmm. Right, this bar down there, uh, kind of clubby. It turned into like a club at night, um, and two of the uh, or three of the uh, bo- or bouncers were fucking giant ass Samoans, and one of them, Mike V, Mike V Masanu, uh, <laughs> fucking gigantic. His hand was the size of a fucking like brick, right? Yeah, and, and probably as hard. And uh, he he would tell me about some of the shit that would go down on Samoan Islands, like with the uh, football, like high school football. They have like massive. I want to say there's only like six teams or something, but one of the teams like uh, that they were like arch rivals with. They'd always be fucking around doing crazy shit, like breaking in the locker room, stealing their pads and all this shit. Wow. Yeah, and so 
I think they did it one night. Dude, they produce a lot of good players, man. They do. Yeah. Like per per person, there's we've talked about. Well, that's why Utah and BYU can really like hang. fuck with the big boys. Yeah, you know? like, they they go in there and yeah. they get the because they got the uh, uh, Mormon influence. But um, yeah, he's telling me a story about. Uh, I guess they had done that, and then the other team like came out to try and stop him. And he's driving in a pickup truck, and while he's driving like thirty miles an hour, he punches some dude in the face from the back of the pickup truck. <laughs> the guy just like almost dies. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are fucking crazier over there. That is wild. But, that is wild. Okay, he so was huge. Look, you got Malaluga at six. I got Patrick Willis at six. There so you go. We're kind of trading back yeah. and forth here. Yeah. So get to your number five. Let's see if we. The, My uh, number five is a guy that's not going to be on your list, but I was just. So, in fact, I know for a fact that he wasn't better than Malaluga, but he played on the same defense, and it's not even the guy you're thinking of, Clay Matthews. In college, oh, Mr. Royds. Uh, yeah, Mr. Royds. I was stunned by Brian Cushing. Look at a fucking uh, high school, uh, or look at the college. Uh, he had a decent pro career. He had a decent pro career. He, I think he may have gotten injured, right? I think the Royds probably got to him uh, at some point. But a Jersey guy, which you would think... Um, one of just the, the quintessential middle linebacker, just like meathead that, you know, you might've had at your high school or something. that's just way bigger than everyone. Uh, that was Cushing. You look how huge he was in his uniform at uh, USC is, and he could run, you know, yeah. he got a, a couple of picks. There was another dude that went to USC that kind of had a similar body frame. I'm forgetting who it was. Now he played at Servite high school um, prior or after, after, um, and, uh, didn't I, I want to say he was one of the top, uh, Recruits in the nation at linebacker. Did he make the NFL? I think he made the NFL, but I don't think he did much. Either way, it's that he was like that guy in college, like just like the kingpin middle linebacker that you don't want to fuck with. I'm trying to think of who the fuck that's what uh, I'm, I'll look him up yeah. real quick. But he didn't have like he had a decent. He, he had a pick six against uh, Ohio State when they played. Cushion was regulars. a beast. Yeah, Cushion was a beast. But he was a Cushing. good pro for a little bit too. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. Maybe this uh, this just occurred to me. Doug Cushion, who played yeah, at Herndon, right. went to William and Mary. I, I believe still owns their bench press record. Uh, when I was a freshman at, uh, in Herndon, um, he was a senior in a fucking force. So maybe there's like that cushion cushing uh, steroid like relationship going on in my wow, head. That's wow, really okay. impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number five is a guy. I'm going to take you back to Columbus. Yeah. Andy Katzenmoyer. This guy, once again, another bust. Um, now, granted, it was due to injury, but I thought Ooh. I couldn't be more sold on this guy. He's higher good. on my list. <laughs> I would have drafted this fucker really high. I would have been, yeah. look, you know, sometimes you, you see these players and you think, how could they be bad in the NFL? Yeah. Well, let me, I'm going to look up uh, his stats because he got injured. Yeah. He was going to be part of that Patriot lure, yeah, I yeah. think. He was a damn good linebacker, I don't think man. he projected to be quite the uh, pro that some of the other guys were, but he was a good pro from what I understand for a couple years. I think he was just turning the corner to be a good pro. What did he get injured, second year or third year? Third year, I think. Okay. Let me see. Um, but, man, in college, Andy Katzenmoyer was a fucking animal. Yeah. He um, played at the same time as uh, another very good linebacker. I'm forgetting but they had a, a great defense. That was a, that was a star-studded team. Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. Yeah. Who obviously is head coach of uh, the Titans. Yeah. Former, and he played tight end slash linebacker for the Pats. That's right. Yeah, he would have been part of that yeah. same uh, Sec, uh, same uh, defense. 
Katzenmoyer was a beast though. Three the- time first team All Big Ten, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, man, uh, he was a fucking animal, man. Mr. Football of Ohio, Jack Lambert Award, Dick Buckus Award, Consensus All American in ninety seven. Actually has a Super Bowl ring. Played ninety nine and ninety or two thousand two. First round pick twenty eight for how many years did he make in the league? Four, I believe. So was it injury then? It was injury. Yeah, okay, but man, Andy Katz somewhere. Man, it looks like no. I guess he was injured in in year I number think he two. Just sucked. No, I'm pretty sure it was injury. I uh, think he got injured, but then also didn't he just suck when he came back from that injury? Maybe seventy nine tackles his first year, three point five sacks. Uh, and then he only played eight games. He only started three. His so maybe yeah, he just wasn't there yet. But hmm. I do think he got injured because he only played two years. It looks like I remember. I think they had a linebacker named Craig Powell. That was a top pick by the Browns in the early nineties. Yeah, that's a guy who I think truly got injured. That couldn't play. That was a bust. Gotcha. You might be confusing the two. I mean, I think Katzenmoyer did get injured, but I don't think it was like a catastrophic. Yeah. Like, oh my god, he could never play football. I again. think it was his neck. I, yeah. We'll have to check right. on that. Yeah. Katzenmoyer though had the uh, barbed wire tattoos before anyone else did, or yeah. like right around the time that was becoming popular. So uh, he just had the look, the visor, intimidation, middle linebacker, Ohio State. Your number four. Um, my number four, again, not a guy I saw a ton, but looking back at his highlights, I appreciate him. Obviously, his pro career influences his opinion a little bit, but uh, I do remember him in college as well. I, this is more based on what I think he accomplished than what I actually saw, which is an exception I don't like to make on my list, but I want to give the guy the credit he's due. This is Ray Lewis from Miami. He was a giant. He was damn good. I mean, I, I, my brother was a big Miami fan at the time. I remember watching games. He was really good, but he didn't like jump off. Like I was actually, I thought he'd be good in the pros. I, I'm not going to say like, I thought he'd be a bust, but yeah. I'm saying like, it didn't like overly stand out to me on tape. 26 overall selections. So obviously he yeah. wasn't like blowing yeah. That's what I'm saying. everyone's like, socks off. I watched him. You, you knew he was good. You know, like you knew this guy, these all this whole team's gonna be in the NFL, but it didn't like it wasn't one that I circled like, oh my god, we gotta watch number fifty two or whatever number he was in college. Yeah. Um. But hey, I mean, he was definitely talented. You could. He had the look. I'll I'll give him that much. Yeah. So uh, the old cutoff. I'll stay in the state. I'll take you down to Tallahassee to another Hall of Famer. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Derek Brooks because that see they were both in college around the same time. Yeah. Derek Brooks stood out to me. Yeah. Lewis. I mean, Lewis was good. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to downplay it and say he was, he was playing bad or anything, but yeah. Brooks was one that I was like, this motherfucker, who is this? Right. You know, that's that to me was the time when I was getting started with college football more and Florida state was just fast and mean. Yeah. And the only players that I really liked that stood out were like the work Dons, the Charlie wards, you know, not even the receivers at Florida. Brooks always had a nose for the ball, even in the pros. Yeah. I, if, if I had like to distinguish, any player at that time, I probably would have uh, appreciated what he in particular had done more, but I just remember Florida state being a team. Like, I don't know where you, where you put them, but to me, that Florida state team was more intimidating than any team that I don't know that they were better. I don't think they were. Well, better. Notre Dame should have played for the national championship. Let's be honest. Yeah. When they play head to head. Yeah. Yeah, they did. You're right. That's, and I, and, and I, that's coming from me. Right. A, a known Notre Dame hater. <laughs> that said, uh, he was great, great uh, pro backer as well. He's on my pro list. Didn't make my college list. Get to your number three. My number three. I think we share this one, right? I think so. Patty Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. 
tore it up. Was one of only basically two guys on the uh, team. Him and Darnell Autry. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald would have like twenty tackles a game. Darnell Autry would have like four hundred carries a game. <laughs> and this team went all the way to the Rose Bowl. And I, that's one of my favorite teams. Yeah. My dude, Steve Schnur was the quarterback. Like when you think of uh, like um, Northwestern now, Pat Fitzgerald gets some eight nine wins, even ten wins a couple times. It's like eh, Northwestern is a decent program. Back then, that was like Rutgers now. Yeah. It was like Pat Fitzgerald and, well, and the way they took Rutgers you. to the fucking Rose Bowl. Like even even yeah, exactly. And yeah. even now I would say that Northwestern's not like the power team that they were in that you go back to the nineties, they wouldn't when they were winning those games, yeah. First off, they were horrible prior to this team. Yeah. They were at they were like Rutgers prior to this team. Yeah. And this team with Gary Barnett, my guy, Gary Barnett, great coach. Yeah. Uh, he really got great offensive line play and they were a heavy run heavy team. You know what I mean? Like power football mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. So when they, when they were upsetting, beating Notre Dame's and Michigan's and stuff like you're just sitting there like, Holy fuck, Boy, they're doing it by overpowering these fucking they had to have Chicago's heart. Yeah. You know? So, so, uh, I mean, that team was a f- pleasure to watch and Fitzgerald was a fucking animal, man. Yeah. Clearly animal. a smart dude has turned it. Uh, clearly the second most important player on that team, in my opinion. Yeah. If not number one, it's right there. I think all three. Yeah. I was just watching highlights too. And I saw that he was getting like 45 carries a game. Really? I'm like, good God. Like <laughs> that was break. their offense. <laughs> like, okay, just give this guy the ball. All right. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> He's both of our number threes. I've already talked about my number two with you. That's Andy Casimore. Uh Ohio state's had a long lineage of great linebackers. And at the college level, he might not have even been the best, but he's certainly the one that at the time stood out as like the holy fuck. There's yeah, there's the there's the man. Uh, my number two, yeah, no, yeah, Katzenmoyer was he was a fucking animal in college. Uh, at my number two, I'm gonna take you to Norman, and here's one of the main reasons why this guy's gonna make the uh, the top. Like it was the yeah they won the national championship, but I think they wouldn't have won the national championship without him. Okay, he throughout the season had huge games for the Sooners. And I'm talking about Torrance Marshall. Yeah. Uh, he, he, dude, this guy, MVP I, of the 2001 orange bowl. He was getting pick sixes blocked punts. I feel like every key game, I, I was a huge fan of this 2000 Oklahoma from thing. Miami. One of the few Surprising, times you yeah. figure they they'd go yeah. in and take uh well Stoops came over from D- being a DC of Florida. Yeah. So I'm sure he used those connections. Started snatching up some of those players. But man, like I mean that 2000 Oklahoma team was uh, I think the last team to win the national championship that wasn't ranked coming into the season. Yeah, that was a a meteoric rise for them. That was a fun team, dude. And and like like so I was like, man, this team's coming out of nowhere and like uh who the fuck is this linebacker that's making all these plays? They had they also had like uh, Rocky Kalmus I think on that team. Um, and they had some good. They Derek straight at corner and uh yeah. Did they have Andre Teddy Lehman at the time? I think Lehman might have been on that team. Okay, yeah. yeah, they were stacked. Um, but Marshall just made huge plays in close games. Always huge plays, man. So he's my number two. Man, now granted, I will be honest. I only really remember that for one year of his college career. Yeah, but it was so impactful, and the games that were in such magnitude, such like big time games. Incredible. That, yeah. So third round pick. So that was a bust. Yeah. Certainly a college uh, superstar. Yeah. Not so much on the pro level, but that's, that's why we, these lists are separate. Yeah, exactly. You know, get to number one. I think we have the same number one. This is almost like the Jerry Rice thing, right? There's, there's just certain players that are obviously 
this on a different I, level. You know what I gotta put else. up on the Instagram? Yeah. Is he destroys? Have you ever seen the video of him destroying that pit punter? Uh, I think you showed it to me. Oh my god, dude! Fucking unreal. I think we are unanimous in this. Our number one is Lavar Arrington, Penn yeah. State. Yeah, Lavar. would have been a better pro had Marty Schottenheimer uh, been his his coach the whole time. Right. Schottenheimer was with the Redskins one year before Dan Snyder fired him because Dan Snyder is fucking terrible. Yeah. And he really utilized Lavar Arrington the right way. And who is it? The Spurrier before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Spurrier didn't know what the fuck to do with them. And then even after Zorn. Right? Yeah, and Lavar had a little bit of an injury thing going on. But dude, I'm telling you, the year shot never had him. He was nasty. Three time Pro Bowler, second, two time second team All Pro. He still had a decent pro career. Yeah, yeah. injured Troy Aikman. Yeah, injury ended Troy Aikman's career. That's 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 credit. That's that bonus. Blakus Award, Benaric Award. Um, yeah, that one year. Uh, 95 tackles, 11 sacks, four forced fumbles. Dude, because they were trying to make him something that's not. He's more like Lawrence Taylor. And Schottenheimer came right in, or, or Derek Thomas, because Schottenheimer worked with Derek Thomas yeah. so much. And he was like, all right, we're just going to have you edge rush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You have no rule. You're going to go wherever you want. Feel the play. Were they? Was he always an outside backer? I think he was. I don't know. Yeah, if, but I feel like they used him in different positions. In like, college, he was playing middle, and that might have fucked up uh, Spurrier's like, ability to analyze nice. him and put him in the pr- correct place. But, yeah, when they finally like figured out that, hey, this dude needs to be coming off the edge because he's yeah. a speed demon yeah. and he's long and he's agile. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he gave him free reign to kind of, it's like Lawrence Taylor, Derek Thomas, but essentially yeah. like, let, let yeah. this athlete be an athlete. Yeah. Uh, we both have them. Number one, Penn state, Nittany lions. Uh, of course, Pat would go to Sandusky at number one. <laughs> he's um, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did you go to second mile football camp? <laughs> you know, I don't like to talk about those particular uh, trips. <laughs> I wrestled a lot <laughs> in the basement, the shower, the his basement, mom would yeah. ma- his wife would make cookies and then wonder what we're doing. Right. Right. But we're just roughhousing, man. <laughs> it's playful. Oh man. Okay. We're all going to hell. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's switch over to NFL. But before I get to NFL, I want to tell you that the college experience is brought to you by ACE per head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book, but don't know how, well, guess what? ACE per head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Head offers a live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that is aceperhead.com Backslash SGP. Whoo. Woo. 10 NFL players. Patty C we're top 10 linebackers. You've seen in your life. NFL wise hit me with your 10th best linebacker. Uh, number 10. There is again, this is a shorter list because the NFL is a little more easily. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's a smaller player of or a group of players to choose from and their statistics are much better more documented and more meaningful in the NFL. I feel like, you know, I feel like college statistics vary quite a bit where NFL stats can actually tell you a lot more about the player. Uh, and in fact, the stats that we talked about pre-episode kind of helped me make my decision for my number 10, a guy that was on my short list, but uh, statistically like proved that he belonged, maybe even higher, great career statistically big part of, uh, Four Super Bowl losing teams, maybe the maybe the second best player on that defense. Um, 
That's Cornelius Bennett. Oh, he's a beast. Of the Buffalo he's, Bills. He made my top 10. He's higher up. Nice. Um, granted, I just freshly watched a uh, Dolphins-Bills game right. in 89. Some uh, recency bias potentially in play here. I can tell you here. that that was a, that was a big-time game back then because both teams were contenders. Yeah. In the AFC, at least. Oh, yeah. That's not, I like those times. The, those were fun teams. Yeah. I like the 90s, early 90s uh, matchups there. Me too. Yeah. And uh, Cornelius Bennett did make a gigantic play to win that, or to help them win that game. Cornelius Bennett was he, no, it was Daryl Talley that wore the uh, Spider-Man uh, yeah. Yeah. tights right? underneath. Yeah, they had a good defense. Yeah, they Nate were, Odoms and Shane Conlon were also on that. Phil Hansen, obviously, uh, um, fucking Bruce Smith Bruce was Smith, the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, NFL's all-time sack leader. No, I, 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 Bennett was an absolute beast, man. He's higher on my list, so we'll get to that in a second. My number 10, I'm going to take you to the Steel Curtain. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to take you to Tampa. Oh, yeah. Hardy Har Har Nickerson. All righty. Hardy Nickerson, I thought, was probably a little underrated, maybe. Yeah. I think going to Tampa tends to do that for you. Especially those years he was in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I mean no, he did win a Super Bowl eventually in Tampa, but his yeah. early on years in right. Tampa. Whoa. Let's talk about Tampa's uniforms. Fucking horrible. The new ones? Yeah. They're fucking horrible. They just went with the old ones. They failed. They failed so bad. Those were never good. They've always, in my opinion, yeah. they've had the worst uniforms Yeah, in the past, ever since like 98 or whatever year they switched. There are teams with bad uniforms that need to be changed. But so the Bucks, whenever they did that switch back in 98 or something, yeah. when Allstott was there and everything, yeah, those became the worst uniforms in the NFL, in my opinion. I they, didn't. They just went back. I didn't hate them as much at the time. I thought they were a little ugly at the time, but like I thought, okay, at that time, I will admit they needed a rebrand because they wore the creamsicle forever and they were a laughing stock forever. And it's like this is a team we can throw away, right? They got the rebrand. Just so happens, right at that moment, their team came together, championship level defense, and then all right that's their new look that's Dude, the tampa the bay buccaneer helmet is one of the best helmets in the game it is it's that fucking... symbol with the buccaneer w- yeah. with the fucking knife in his mouth yeah is a dope ass symbol right Here, here's the other thing cities that really like capture your imagination and and that you have fun with they figure it out what it is that their city is right and they allow their football team to be a caricature of that. The Dallas Cowboys with a fucking star, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, there's like a yeah. Texas Steelers. Team. Yeah. yeah. Steelers, a hardcore Steelers team, San Francisco rocking bling, bling gold. Yeah. You know, uh, Tampa's really hard to do that with, right? They had it pegged correctly, but they did. And I yeah. think that's what it is. A, a like Miami understands you got to go with like floral colors, right? Yeah. You're not going to be able to use pink and white. Like Miami does. It's like a little more flashy drug dealer city. You can pull that shit off. Right. So what is Tampa? Tampa strikes me as like a fucking retirement community. Yeah. You know? So where the cream. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of trip <laughs> yeah, clubs. Yeah. I'm sure it's fun as shit yeah, too. Yeah, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Anywhere on the golf is fucking amazing. It's a party on the yeah. golf. But uh, it, it doesn't seem, or if you're going to market it a certain way, I don't know how it is, but if you can market Tampa Bay as like, you know, cream and orange, just like you're on a golf course being gaudy as fuck yeah. and it's still warm weather. 
Like play that. And with Tom Brady coming back this year, he's in retirement. It was perfect. You man. could really play. Dude, they on went that. back to the ones in the early two thousands. Those were fucking horrible. Yeah. And it's just like blah. All right, we get it. You're 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 the junior Raiders. The Raiders are already the team with the fucking like those are the worst yeah, uniforms. Okay. You, you went with Let me like ask you bones. this. What's a worse uniform in the NFL? Uh a worse uniform? Yeah. Carolina at this point is pretty bad. I still think it's better. Okay. I mean, I I think I agree with you that that's the one that's in contention. Yeah, Atlanta's helmets are are bad now. Yeah, but they're still better. They're just yeah. red black, red black will always beat that. Fucking yeah. actually, uh, Houston's are clean uniforms. They're just so blah in comparison. No, nah, they're still to, better than the Bucks. Oh, they're better. Yeah, they're better. Uh, By the way, the new so Falcons is fucking trash too. Yeah, new Falcons is the one where it like switches color mid jersey. Yeah, that's you. I, I don't mind Atlanta like trying to like. Stay on they the cutting edge when you're black and red. The best uniform in the NFL. You don't have any history. You can be Oregon and you can fucking you know be be the flashy team for all time. And they I, could either go eighty nine Dion years yeah. with the red, better. the red helmet, a million times better, or they could go like ninety one with the black. Yeah, those two are the best uniforms. They I work. think you, they're arguably the best uniforms I in think NFL you go history. Back to like yeah, they're they're right up there. I think you do go. How back do they to, fuck up the best colors? They 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 got gifted. Red, black, and silver. Yeah. Those are amazing. Yeah. Colors. Why why does their uh logo look like a fucking little like fan that Chinese woman would use to like cool herself off? Why does she gotta be Chinese, man? I don't know. I don't Wuhan, know what else. Wuhan uh, virus is hitting you. Wuhan, yeah, the, I got the Wuhan racism going there. <laughs> no, racism would be I hate her. Yeah. All right. I'm just acknowledging yeah. that I'm, uh, the Chinese people use fans. Yeah, they do. And they well, okay. who else would do that? They also have the straw hat. Uh, you wanna go there uh, next? <laughs> Like, <laughs> a little Raiden hat. Um, no, uh, like a, a geisha. You know, they like fan yeah. themselves. Ooh, yeah. they yeah, get yeah. like no, hot and bothered. I'm with you, pal. Yeah, okay. All right. That's what the Falcon logo looks like to me. I don't know where the fuck we were at, but uh, Hardy Nickerson was my 10th best <laughs> linebacker. He was a really good Detour. linebacker on the Steelers and also a great linebacker on the Bucks. Uh, yeah. Even late in his career, he played for the uh, the Packers. Very late in his career. Uh, Hardy Nickerson, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Slept on career. I remember yeah. on the Steelers, he was looking like he was going to be. Then he was one of the first real casualties to free agency. Yeah. I think Reggie White and Hardy Nickerson were kind of like the two Both big bounced. names that yeah. dipped out early. Got that money. Yeah. So uh, with that said, get me your ninth best linebacker. Am I ninth best linebacker? Uh, guy who's a speed rusher, a modern version of uh, someone who's higher on both of our lists. Uh, hell off the edge. Um, really didn't understand. He got a lot of hype coming out of college, but I hadn't seen him enough. I do think that uh, A and M having those kind of plain Quentin Coriat. <laughs> uh, if this was best hits of all time, yes, he'd be on the yes. list. But this is uh, best players. Vaughn Miller, sack master, gets it done. Can drop in coverage too. Hell of a player. He is Super on Bowl my champion. list. He's higher, yeah, and he dominated in that Super Bowl. Um. I'll get there, but before I get there, I'm going to tell you that I got, I'm going to, to Chestnut Hill down Once to, again. down to Charlotte, North Carolina. And this guy would be way higher on my list. If he could just play some fucking games, he gets injured a lot. Yeah. Retired a bit early. Luke Keekley. Yeah. Might have CTE. Yeah. This guy was an animal. He still played in some Super Bowls, didn't he? Played There's in, some yeah, about one. like undersized white. Like heady linebacker, Zach Thomas style. Well, he's more of a meathead. I'm talking about who's the guy on uh, 
Dallas that got his bell wrong. Sean Lee. Sean Lee. Yeah, he's yeah, a beast. Too. Injury prone, but yeah, always yeah. knows for the ball. Going to yeah. make a million tackles, but going to get concussed a bunch. Yeah. Keekley was a beast, and I give him the ninth best linebacker that I've seen. Go he's slightly higher on my list. You're number eight. My number eight. I have a, a feeling you're going to disagree with this. We talked pre-episode. Statistically, you are correct. Uh, maybe not quite the career that a lot of the other guys um, who should be on the list if this were based on statistics, but um, he was the heart of one of the better defenses historically uh, in those early nineties, Pittsburgh Steelers. He got drafted in 1988, uh, played to 1997. Of, what Fort Valley state. I think I know who this is going to be then. This My boy, Greg Lloyd, Greg Lloyd. Talk about physically to this day would be one of the more imposing fucking beasts to ever step on the field. Dominating, but, uh, but very short, Career of being really good. It's a very short prime. Yeah. I had his moments, though. I think it may be more based on is the fact. Is Kevin Green on your list? Kevin Green is. On okay. Because if you're going to put Greg Lloyd over Kevin Green, I'm going to spit not. this beer in your face. I am not going to do that. Right. Um, Even though Greg Lloyd was better on the Steelers, potentially. For a year, maybe? For a year or two. But yeah. I'd say even Green, but they were both on the Panthers. Green was better. Green was better than that. Yeah. You're right. Of course. And Green came into the league before him, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think Green is a much, much yeah. better career. Um, but for for 1988 through 1995, which was uh, before he got hurt, Greg Lloyd's prime, that's eight years. Pittsburgh finished number one in the league twice, number two in the league twice, and number three in the league was twice. Was he better than Rod, Rod Woodson's the best player in that defense? He was not better than Rod Woodson. Okay, so he's the second best player in that defense, you think? But still the heart of that defense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tough for a defensive back I to was, be the heart you know, of a I defense. I was a big fan of those Steelers teams in the 90s. I really was. Yeah. Um. And I liked Greg Lloyd. He was, I think he was on my fantasy team some of those years. But I do think you can definitely argue that Hardy Nickerson was better. I think you can also argue that Chad Brown was better. Uh, dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's look at all the players that they generated yeah. from in like a 10-year period that were all pro. You had Hardy Nickerson. David Little earlier. Greg on. Lloyd. Was he all pro? I mean, I'm I talking all pro. Okay, like, he was a very good linebacker. That means though. one of the four best linebackers in the league. Okay. Uh... Greg Lloyd, mm-hmm. Hardy Nickerson. I know a couple of them achieved all pro after or before. I think after they were on the team. Okay. But um, we're also great. You said Kevin Green? Uh, Greg Lloyd, Hardy Nickerson, Kevin Green. Uh, Jason Gilden. Jason Gilden. Um, LeVon Kirkland. Chad Brown. Chad Brown. Uh, uh, Joey Porter. Kendrell uh, Bell. I'm not sure if he was all pro. I think he might have been. Okay, but yeah, been. it was basically yeah. you're going to have at least one Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. linebacker, if not two. Like, I think a couple years they had two of the like both outside yeah, line, they, the two best they outside are truly linebackers linebacker in the league. You, uh, in, the NFL. in the NFL, yeah. yeah. But Greg Lloyd, one of my favorites of that list. So he's my number eight. Go ahead with yours. My number eight. Well, we talked about him earlier. Von Miller dominated, dominated. Well, first he's just an a- absolute animal, but I'm saying in the Super Bowl, he, I just remember that performance being so fucking dominating. Yeah, just Cam, poor Cam, Cam Newton. Newton help. Yeah. Uh, so Von Miller is my number eight linebacker of all time. How you doing on beer over there, bud? I got a half a beer. Why don't right you now. stop nursing that oh, thing and fuck fucking you. get to work? All right, look, Von Miller. All right, great player. My number seven. We already talked about Luke Keekley. Give me your number seven. My number seven, I'm going to take you to, to to Buffalo and Atlanta. People don't remember. I think he was a linebacker on that Atlanta 98 team as well. Man. Cornelius Bennett. We yeah. talked about him. 
He's a fucking animal. Let me in- interject here real quick. That. 98 Falcons, a guy that we kind of left off the list, Not didn't have the career for it, but in terms of one or two seasons, should have got more Keith shine. Brooking? No. Jamal Anderson. Oh, yeah. He was okay, a fucking freak as a running okay. back. But, yeah, Keith Brooking was a good backer. But, no, Cornelius Bennett, continue. Uh, well, I mean, I, I already kind of talked about him, so I'm going to dive in. I mean, the guy was a fucking animal. And you, you, anytime you go to five Super Bowls <laughs> yeah. and lose all five. All right. You're like the you're, Robert Ory of shit. Right. You're you know the anti-Charles like, yeah. Haley. Hello. <laughs> Uh, but he was a beast and, and, uh, and his game was great. So Cornelius Bennett at number seven, at number six for you, Patty C. Uh, he's a big beast. We have a lot of the same people. I think. Yeah. So. I think our list kind of yeah. becomes similar right here at the top. So let's just rip through these. Uh, Brian Erlacher, my number six, He's my six too. Yeah. Played safety at, uh, New Mexico under Rocky long. Who's back at New Mexico this year. I'm excited to see the Lobos this year. Boom. Rocky long getting it done. Um, uh, and this is one I wanted to touch on a little bit. You yeah. did get injured a little bit. Yeah. I almost had Lance Briggs on my list. Lance Briggs was a fucking animal. I think Lance Briggs is really underrated. Talk about a dominant defense. They had Tommy Another Harris. Another Arizona too. linebacker, by the way. Yeah. Lance Briggs was yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Man. Southwest producing some. Byron Evans backers. they had from the Eagles. Remember Byron Evans for the Eagles and, and the Cardinals? Interesting. Desert Swarm. Yeah. They're down. Yeah, man. But no, but Lance Briggs. I almost thought put him in my top 10 because I think he's criminally underrated. He was huge. Fucking great athlete too, man. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I want to look this up, but I, I do believe he looks a lot like Shannon Briggs, uh, former NFL boxer slash actor. Wonder if there's any relation there. I mean, I still think Erlacher's better, I guess, but I'm saying the fact he had Briggs and that's in that, in that uh, linebacking core. Uh, yeah. Fucking great linebackers, dude. Yeah, they were there. I mean, if you're going to take Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, <laughs> Yeah. That is true. That might be the greatest accomplishment of all time. Right. Who, if you're drafting a team, do you take, you, I take Dofer over Grossman, right? Yeah, I do. No, I don't, I do. I don't know that I do. I do. Really? I do. Really? Yeah. They're both terrible. Dofer's better. Yeah. Maybe I don't, I feel like Dofer didn't turn the ball over as much. Uh, Grossman was a turnover machine. And the bears defense still find a way to win the game. Bears defense. Okay, he doesn't look anything like Shannon Briggs. I'm an idiot, but he was a beast. <laughs> um, All right, go to uh, your number five, buddy. Um, How many we have the same again? My number five, probably Kevin Green. Yes, you son of a bitch. Blonde flowing locks. Auburn Tiger representing. There you go. Also a former WCW wrestler, I believe. Um, dude, Kevin Green. I just watched. Uh, he was 19- WCW. Amazing. I, I just watched in 1989. Yeah. Uh, Rams Falcons game. Deion Sanders first game ever. Boom. Punt return. Yeah. Uh, he fumbled his first one actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he fumbled them both or yeah. He fumbled his first two punt returns. Yeah. And then he scored. And he's like, fuck it. I'm out. Uh, Kevin green though. Animal that game, dude. Yeah. Animal force. And uh, surprisingly against the run, which I didn't remember that much. Yeah, he had he some was great more plays that, against the run that I uh, in that game three four uh, yeah. Blitzburg fucking yeah. zone blitz Dick maybe LeBeau. And that's maybe that's me being older and yeah. him who coming up Dom Capers yeah. who, who Dom invented Capers and Dick LeBeau okay yeah they were both the uh, oh wait, who invented that defense the zone I think, blitz? I think oh, if I had to bet I'd say LeBeau LeBeau been probably so at it for so yeah, long yeah and that's a guy who ages well he's like eighty four years old he looks like he's fifty six yeah it's <laughs> like what the fuck um not Kevin Green but Kevin Green probably does too. Uh, but yeah, we have Kevin green there at number five, number, number four, three all time on the NFL sack list. 
Yeah, and he was the one that even like in his twentieth year or fifteenth year was still really good. Still getting it done. Yeah. And and like Clay Matthews tries to have his hair. Kevin Green's hair is that much mm-hmm. blonder. It's the most gorgeous thing. He had that ever. little bit of flair going on. Dude. Yeah, he did. Uh number four. Um guy you're probably gonna have slightly higher. You mentioned him in your college list. Uh absolute speedster. Absolute speedster. Uh you know, only one guy on this list faster, um, potentially. This guy's probably a better coverage guy than the other guy we're going to talk about. But my guy, Derek Brooks. <laughs> we got the same fucking list. He's my number four. There you go. Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl champ. Put the icing on the cake. Yeah. Another Anyways. elite defense, though. Who was the best between Rondae Barber, Warren Sapp, and, and Derek Brooks? <sighs> and Hardy Nickerson. God damn, that defense was good. Yeah, they were nasty. They had John Lynch, too. They picked off uh, they had like six NFL MVP. Hall Rich of Gannon. Famers on that team. I think they on picked the defense. them off six times. Six, uh, yeah, Hall of Fame level. Who would be? Sap? Sap for sure. Uh, Hardy Nickerson, Nickerson. Which, which is on the fence because he was quiet, I feel like. Yeah. Brooks is for sure. Brooks for sure. Lynch? Barber should be. Barber should be. Yeah. Lynch? Mm, yeah, I think Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Five, though. I'm just saying, there's that's an amazing defense. Yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting Simeon Rice, wasn't he on it? He was. Holy shit, dude! Fucking absurd. Um, well, that's why Tampa, of all places, was able yeah. to get themselves but even a with Super those Bowl. shit ass uniforms. Right. But Derek Brooks was who an is analog. the uh, quarterback? Was it Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson. He wasn't bad. He's a he's a he's a game manager. He actually these, had the a years before they had gun. Sean King and Dilfer. And they couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. And when they got Brad Johnson from the Redskins, the Redskins. He's equivalent yeah. of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That's who he is. He, I'd even say a little bit better because I feel like Kirk Cousins in big games sucks. You see his record? He's like one in 50 in like, right. against winning teams. It's fourth and 12 with the game yeah. on the line. Here's a six yard out. I got my stats. So, so I'm going to say. I have 4,000 passing yards this year. Pay me. I'm going to say Brad Johnson better than Kirk Cousins. I think, I think he had a better deep ball too. Brad Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Little bit of a pop gun, yeah. Uh, so so Brooks at four. Who's your three? Well, let's be honest with the fans here. We we did a little discussion pre episode. Yeah. It's top another three. level at this point, yeah, right? There's is. three, and we're not, by the way, we are not uh, Singletary and Lawrence Taylor have been ruled out, even though we we saw them play. We did not catch them in our we were not old enough in their prime, yeah, to value, yeah, yeah. Them. I so, mean, I saw same with Matt more Millen, same with, of uh. Other good linebackers. Yeah. I, I remember by the time like Wilbur Marshall ruled out, Matt Millen ruled out. Yeah. There's early none. Like yeah. the prime had to be before 1993. I feel like for us to include them or right, right around 93. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will say that while Lawrence Taylor was still an effective player, super effective player, obviously. Uh, I think he would unanimously be our number one. Yeah, guy. he would be. Yeah. Okay. We, we caught the tail end of his prime. Mike Singletary was very much still the best middle linebacker in the league while we were watching him, but we couldn't really appreciate what we were watching because we we're like seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, but fucking, uh, yeah, those two would definitely be right at the top yeah. of our list. Certainly yeah. Lawrence Taylor, number one. Lawrence and, Taylor is like, I think the for sure number one, if we, it's even when you go back and watch the highlights, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. 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 But, um, but these guys that, that, that our top three, which I don't know the order, but I can tell you, that they're on an elite level. Yeah, I think we have a different order for them. Okay. So let's get down to it. You're number three. My number three. Uh, not at all influenced by the fact that I spent five years living in San Diego, and there were tons of hot-ass broads, and so I have a, an eternal love for San Diego. 
Uh, Ooh, I know you're going. Your Seau. Yes, great name too. The Seau thing. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, but uh, Junior Seau, uh, one of those guys that was kind of ageless. Yeah. His last year in his NFL, I think he was like there was on, he was started for that team that was yeah. eighteen and one. He stayed very handsome late late into the game. You know, yeah. pause. But uh, well, he used to have a restaurant, as you well know. Yeah. And I man, I fumbled a great opportunity with the broad. Is that right? I couldn't do this girl, Jessica, man, not Alba. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. It amazes me that I did not capitalize one that got away. She was a fucking dime, dude. I can't believe. And she addressed, she showed interest in like, I don't know. Sometimes you're just drunk and stupid. Right. And you're sitting there. I've done that with quite a few where it's just like, I don't have the game to hand. I can't drive a fucking Ferrari. Dude, get this. And like years pass. Yeah. And I go to a, a Utah San Diego state game. Yeah. And I'm with Hogan and I fucking run into her there. Yeah. I got her phone number and everything, but she was in San Diego. I was in LA. We never got back up. Damn it. Brutal. 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 Um, brutal. Okay. But yes, junior sale was an absolute animal. He's high. He's uh, he's higher on my list. All right. So, but yeah, talk about a dude did everything. Yeah. I watched this USC. I never got to see him at USC, but Holy fuck. Was he an animal there too? Yeah. Yeah. A long line. Maybe the best college and pro combined career of any that, that linebacker ever. Maybe. Although I th- I think, we got I one guy. I that's think, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number three is Ray Lewis. Okay. Now Ray Lewis. Yeah. Like I said, he could be two or one. You're not going to get much of an argument from me in this dispute well, because he is on my list. He's one of those two. I'll let okay. you. Okay. <laughs> uh, the best thing I can say about Ray Lewis, besides him just being an awesome linebacker and maybe even more so than Sal, mm-hmm. this dude showed up in big games with big plays. I feel like I'm just going to cut forward here. Ray Lewis is my number one backer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not that much of a wow, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the best. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch. I'm going to do Sal at three Lewis at two. Okay. Okay. So, cause the reason why I want to have Lewis at two is I think Lewis and sale are very similar. Yeah. Sale did it. I don't know. They both did it for really long, but I'm saying Lewis always got like pick sixes and big games. Yeah. Remember that Titans game off of Eddie George's hands. He was just killing. That was people. the game changer in that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might've killed some people in Atlanta, Hello. And but he also, and, and I feel like in big games, he always had a pick or a forced fumble. Yeah. So I, I think I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a, a nod above yeah. Junior Seau. And he had so. the reputation as a true, uh, like, quarterback of the defense. Yeah. I don't know that uh, Seau had a player of uh, the endless motor, reputation as a guy with the endless, endless motor, tough as hell. Seau did take his to a Super Bowl, too. Uh, two. And uh, yeah, I'm saying, but, but the, the 95 team was a defensive team. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was the reason they got yeah. there. Just like, just like uh, the Ravens were a defensive team in yeah. his first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was one of the, that was one of the worst teams to ever make a Super Bowl. That was largely on the back of fucking junior sale almost entirely. Yeah. Cause who'd they have Stan Humphreys at quarterback. Natron means Natron right? means at running yeah. back. And he was uh, a rookie too. What means was better. Like two years yeah, down. He, the got, road. Like, yeah. he got better. Who are the fucking wide receivers on that team? It was, uh, 95. I think Anthony Miller was a Bronco by then. I think their receivers were Tony Martin. And 
I want to say it's Mark Say was their other receiver. I know the the tight end uh, Alfred, Alfred Papuna was a Colorado up, assistant. Lit last up year. the Steelers yeah. in the fucking ASC championship. That was a terrible fucking name. Junior Sale should get a ton of. Leslie O'Neill was on that defense though too. That was a decent defense. Yeah, um, Gilbert. Uh, they, they they had talent on that defense. Yeah, yeah, but he was by far the best player. Yeah, he took them to the Super Bowl. Leslie O'Neill though, I think could have actually been. Defensive ends, yeah, probably should have been on our short list out because if you look at sacks, he had some dominating yeah. years. You know who else was uh, an, another uh, NFC West guy who's the second best guy on his defense that we didn't include that AFC West or, NFC West? or AFC West rather yeah. that should have yeah. gotten some shine? Neil Smith. That's true. He was That's a true. fucking great defensive end. The Falcons took Andre Bruce over him. Idiots. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna put, so you got my my three is 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 say out my okay. two is Lewis. So who's your two? Well, I'll get to him. So I want one more thing to say about my number one, and then I'll give okay. you my number two right after that. My number one, Ray Lewis. Maybe the most epic thing was uh, crack that fucking beer. Uh, that quarterback, that, that showdown with Peyton Manning, I want to say it was Sunday night or Monday night football, where they're going back and forth, audibling against each other for 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, man. And then we'll get to the defensive backs, but... Uh, fucking Ed Reed in that same time frame. Uh, Watching that tape on Belichick, where he like Ed Reed, I guess, had purposely would purposely bite, knowing he wasn't and biting. Play the yeah, knowing assignment. that he wasn't biting on these on these Peyton Manning plays. I mean, it was really genius. All right, uh, like put himself that, out of the right. He'd make the wrong read on defense, game after game after game, in advance of the uh, yeah. Uh, Cause they could get away with it and still win yeah. in advance of the Colts That's game. True. That's just crazy. so Peyton Manning would see it on film and then game time, uh, he would switch it up and make the interception. And I think they may have ended up beating the Colts back then um, either way, but yeah. watching Ray Lewis and, and Peyton Manning go back and forth was it's something I've never seen in the pros. It was just fun to watch a different, different thing than I've ever seen. So yeah. Yeah. Special player, Ray Lewis, but fucking absolute killer and a, and a, and a, and a savage, but also a, a, a football genius. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Great. Your number two, my number two, we know your number one is Lewis. And I get a feeling my number two is your number one. I would bet heavy money on that. Okay. That's Derek Thomas. Unbelievable. See, here's my difference. Here. Tell us about Derek Thomas. Uh, and, and I get the angle of Seau and Lewis being better than Thomas because they're more complete. Sure. Thomas was not known for a run stopper, but both middle linebackers, different position yeah. really. But. but my argument would be, and I'll say this, I'm going to go ahead and say this for anybody. Yeah. Including Rod Woodson, Daryl green, Deion Sanders, uh, yeah. Reggie white, Bruce Smith. I think and for turn. as far as like Deion Sanders might have an argument there as far as, uh, cause I think you could run on Deion. I don't think I mean, well, you could run on Derek Thomas too, but that's true. That's fair. I think that's a fair thing you just said. Yeah. Um, but still, dude, I don't know that I've ever seen Dion with like four pick sixes in a game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've seen Derek Thomas multiple times. He was my fantasy football. I actually agree with you. He was my f- fantasy football uh, linebacker. One of these games. Uh, he had against Jeff George six sacks and a safety. We're talking about here in one uh, game. The dude that you absolutely had to adjust your defense and game yes. plan around more than any other player in history, save for probably uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. In our, in, in this realm, I would say, man, 
And I mean, in earlier in his career, he had a game with seven sacks against Dave Craig. Yeah, he was actually yeah. probably the best sack artist in NFL history. Dude, I, I mean, yeah, because there was, I'm telling you, as this dude was on my fantasy football team probably two or three years. Yeah. And I mean, as, hard to shit on Bruce Smith because he has a record or Reggie White, but. I don't remember them having multiple, like, Bruce Smith would get like two sacks, three sacks, maybe. And he'd keep doing it every game. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Derek Thomas. And, he, and Derek Thomas didn't have nearly as long a career as these guys. Yeah. Well, he died. Yeah. That doesn't help. <laughs> but uh, he didn't, re- he wasn't retired when he died. Right. Um, that sucks. But uh, yeah, rest in peace. But um, uh, dude, seven sacks twice, essentially, because <laughs> the safety is a sack in my book almost. Yeah. Right. If anything better than a sack. I wonder if he was given credit for it. I think you get a credit. No, he got six sacks and a safety and then seven sacks. I want to see. Uh, Maybe that was at least fantasy stats credit wise, but unbelievable. Like, I, like I just, I was watching that Raiders game and I was like, this is fucking, this is up there with like the greatest. This is up there with like, you know, Jordan doing, I'm like, they can't stop this dude. Yeah. He is single-handedly going to win this game for the chiefs. Yeah. Let me see. He had 126 uh, sacks in an 11 year career. So you got to figure that's averaging maybe like 12 sacks a game yeah. or 12 sacks a season. He retired at 32. You got to figure maybe well, he died at 32 or he died at 32. <laughs> so yeah, he probably had three more good years. Maybe, maybe you say he dropped to like eight or nine. Well, some sacks. of those pass rushers can kind of like, like Kevin Green's lasted a while because he, you know, you're so athletic, even now he would have probably like you know gone. The Chiefs would have got rid of him. Yeah, and he would have gone to another team, but he still could have contributed. I want to say to like thirty seven, thirty eight, probably. Derek Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Here's a stat that'll floor you here. I can't believe this is accurate here. Derek Thompson. Uh, Derek Thomas, one career interception. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy, man. But when all you're doing is rushing, yeah. When you're not going out and pass, yeah. And I bet you that interception was on the screen. Yeah, he was rushing, and he was like, "Oh!" They just threw it into his face mask. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he did get a bunch of fucking sacks. Twenty sacks in 1990. Um, It's just the fact that you could do that. Like I said, like seven games, tons of forced fumbles, eight forced fumbles in 1992. That that, just single-handedly like changing the fucking game, right? That's what I mean. Season. That's what I mean, though. Is like that the biggest impact like Seau and Lewis are fucking great players. They're hall of famers. Yeah. But I, I, the reason why I have Thomas higher is like, I really feel like your whole entire game plan. Yeah. was, was like, God damn it. If we don't yeah. commit a running back and yeah. an alignment <laughs> to this guy, and he's going to sack us or yeah. pressure us and affect every single play of the game. Yeah, exactly. Where I don't think with say or Lewis, you really play it. You're like, Hey, these are great players. Watch out for them. But you're not like, Gonna, gonna yeah, they're playing on the second level. They're scraping. They're fucking. You're gonna holes. do something completely differently facing Derek Thomas. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna do something differently with Junior Seau or, or, yeah. or and the way that Dion takes away one side of the field coverage wise, Derek Thomas takes away one side of the field, like play wise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, just truly a fucking pleasure to watch that guy. But uh, but yeah, so that's our top ten. I'm the best. You're the worst, Pat. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got defensive backs coming up. We got more Tecmo coming up for you folks. Yeah. We'll, we'll address the Tecmo tournament on the next pod. This is the college experience guys. You can, uh, if we can get a nice iTunes review, that'd be fucking nice. You You're know what I mean? We home. haven't had one since like March 5th, Patty C. Oh God. It's a quarantine world out there. You're not quarantined from your fucking keyboards. That's are what you? I'm saying. Uh, you filthy animals. If you could uh, do that, we'd appreciate it. We are available on all platforms. Tell a friend. This is the college experience. You can find the sports gambling podcast network on Twitter at the SGP network. You can find Patty C on Twitter at Patty C831. You can find NC Nick, who is on our, our pods a lot 
also picks every division one college basketball and college football game with us against the spread at NC underscore N I C K. And you can find me on Twitter at the Colby D. This is the college experience. You better start thinking about yours. And we out. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.